0: You are now listening to For All Nerds Show, a podcast about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. For All Nerds is hosted by DJ Ben-Amin and Tatiana Keene-Jones. Our show is edited and produced by Brother Chris. For All Nerds Show is a member of the Loudspeakers Network, where we always say rest in peace to our founder, Combat Jack.
1: For All Nerds Show is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, our website are all independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash forallnerds. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show!
0: And What's up, y'all? And welcome to another episode of the Four All Nerds Show. The Voice of the Urban Geek, the podcast where we discuss geek culture, geek, and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. And back in the captain's chair tonight, it's your boy DJ Ben Amin, aka Chris Radnorock, Big Dick Grace and Energy, Buzz out here Dr. Steven Slang, the Sorcerer Supreme Clientele, YOLO oh Baggins, <laughs> Lando Californication, the ghost in the shell toe himself here in the spaceship tonight. You like that? Dr. Steven Slang. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, you never cease to, me <laughs> to amaze me.
0: Thank you very Mr. much. I mean, ever, ever, ever. Thank you. And as you hear, sitting in the second chair, we have
1: Tatiana King Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Ahura of the Spaceship. Haven't used that one in a long time. Mm-hmm. But I'm also Jay Prince of All Saints, Sean Jean, Luc Picard, T'Challa Bread, Beretta Scott King, and Baptin Ameriba.
0: Baptin Ameriba. Shout out Mr. <laughs> Morris because I asked him to do up. A. Oh no! Yeah, I'm still waiting on it. I asked him to be one of you and Janisha since you were co-hosting last week to, Captain America and you know Janicia's Winter Soldier or Falcon. You know he could go with either one. I asked for either <laughs> one.
1: I mean, sure, 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 sure. Or I mean, I know it's not like like partner related, but she's also who is she? She says she's the security officer for Zemunda. I, mean,
0: I like. mean, she had a million AKs. Shout outs! <laughs> shout outs to Janisha for coming through. Janisha F of. Tea with Queen and Jay, came through and held it down last week. Facts. Facts. You had the dope interview with my man. Lee uh, Shorten. Lee Shorten. Got the ill voice. So I gotta give it to Lee. Got an ill voice. You know, if acting ever doesn't ever work out for him, you know, you can always fall back on podcasting.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Lee was amazing. And, you know, we have a new friend of the show and thank you everybody who provided like their great feedback and, and their, you know, everyone really really I can tell enjoy that interview in that episode and Lee really appreciate as you can see he's responding to everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> but Lee really appreciates the love
0: yeah and shout out to everybody who listened I listened to it I love it. y'all did a great job that was a fantastic interview full of a lot of jewels a lot of gems for creatives out there you know another classic from the four on Nerds team you know I mean you can check our resume soundcloud twitter itunes wherever you know and see we've got interview after interview at the Interview with a lot of people You know and all of them Seem to be pretty legendary You know I don't right. I, don't, you know I think Every time we drop one everyone's like yo This you know y'all did it again
1: And that's appreciated because We uh, one it helps us understand Whether or not y'all like what we're doing or if we need To make tweaks or whatever the case is but Secondly that puts me towards Something I had put out on Twitter last week I think it was like last Monday or Something like that and I was just fed up I'm like this it's, and it's not me not being humble and all this other stuff. I just feel like I'm tired of just being on the low when it comes to our accomplishments. Like, I'm just on my own personality. I'm I'm generally like, oh, don't don't be too big on your britches because, you know, that stuff could t- get taken away from you. And I understand. But at the same time, it's just like you have to celebrate your wins. Mm-hmm like it's i've i'm very slowly learning that but you have to like if you're constantly sitting there like, oh, i'm not good enough or i'm a hide right, and all this other stuff it's not cute anymore to be like that like if you are if you accomplish something when you were able to wake up for the day you were able to do something amazing at your job you whatever it is that is an accomplishment to you you need to celebrate that and going forward i'm celebrating everything for our nerds is doing very loudly mm. not that i never celebrated before but i was never really mad loud about it I'm to be very loud about it y'all will be hearing from me if you get irritated the mute button's over there but i'm letting y'all know when we do something fantastic y'all gonna know it's fantastic
0: mm. and as you should and you know we're uh, i'd say i'm glad you're you know taking this new stance and we'll talk more about this online be- offline because i feel that you personally you yourself you know should be putting yourself out there much more because you've done a lot of big things and you got to let the people know and Everything can be taken away from anyone at any time. That's irrelevant. You know, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what you're doing right now. You got to celebrate it because, you know, life can be taken away tomorrow. So this is true. You might as well celebrate your life while you're here. You know, and all the things you're doing. So, and, you know, me, that's what I've always thought about, you know, on social media and everything. I always am about, yo, stop with this. My big thing lately is I've been trying to get people to understand it's like when you're retweeting somebody, and like I saw somebody today, like, yo, they retweeted Ivana Trump, and they're just like, yeah, you know, it said some smart ass to her. And it's like, what does that do? You think she cares? Like, she gets a million of those. All that's doing is you're retweeting what she said, and people are seeing it. You know, it's like that whole always negative, always angry energy. is just not me. You know, I like to celebrate things, I like things that are dope. I'm about, you know, shout outs to Janice again because I am always about that fighting white supremacy. You know, everything. In fact, uh, let's see, I haven't been on the show recently, and mm. might be a couple of things I need to address. I know the last time I was on the show two weeks ago, I started off the show. Right away, you know, we had my brothers from Drunk Black History on the show. Shout outs to them. Another amazing, dope interview, dope show. And I started off right away like, yo, black men are trash. Right. And everyone's in my mentions, everyone's in my emails, everyone's on my Instagram on the For All Nerds, Instagram at For All Nerds, Instagram, you know, make sure you're following over there. And I was like, whoa, I say that men are trash pretty much every week on this show. I never hear anything. I guess I added the modifier black, and we even got a long dm from a listener, and they were saying that they were upset with us because they felt we were doing this for clicks. They felt like we were jumping on with the reed bandwagon shout outs to the reed Crystal and Kid Fury because they 're mm-hmm. always throwing you know black men trash and
1: one it's not that they're calling black men it's calling black men out for their shit yes I think men in general need to be called out for their shit yes and if we're talking about a specific group of men then we're gonna talk about a specific group Mm -hmm. I just wanna I just wanna make the point that nothing we do here on For All Nerds online offline on the lines like nothing we do is for the clicks, quote unquote it's Mm -hmm. not for the clout. First of all, if we was going to do all that, we we, we have 10 times as many views and follows and everything, and, and 10 times as much money. So let's not go there, you guys. Yeah. No. Especially for y'all that are longtime listeners, I would hope that y'all have a, a higher level of trust in us and also a higher level of understanding in us. And mm-hmm. I say this without being combative, because I really want everyone to understand that we... And of course, it's 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 increased progressively as the years have gone on. But we're very honest mm-hmm. on this show, as you heard from like the interviews we did with Lee and other people. We are honest with them. We tell people to their face, "Hey yo, that shit was trash," or "Hey yo, that shit was amazing." Like we bring the real to things. If we if if we ever get to a point where we feel like yo, we gotta do this for clicks, we don't do it. Mm. Period. So. That hurt my feelings I ain't gonna lie That hurt my feelings I'm like damn That's how you feel about us
0: Yeah (laughs) No I mean It didn't didn't hurt my feelings at all Because I'm used to it And thing is i've gotten that you know when one of my tweets about men are trash is blown up oh my god some of the responses they're comedy to me you know and i and it's always for men you know they'll be like oh this ain't gonna get you no you know boonanny oh you know she's still not coming through dog you know all these different things and it's all so hilarious to me because it's like dog if i was doing something to get women that's not what i'd be doing i would not be sitting out here tweeting men are trash that's not my you know that that's a weak game if i ever saw one you know right. i would just be myself because that's what i've always done to do with anyone you know and right. that's and but back to the fact of the matter is like you said i'm only calling out people on their shit because as we see every time. First it was The Little Mermaid, then it's Lashawna Lynch, just a rumor of her being cast as James Bond, you know. And then this weekend the news from Marvel, which we're about to get into, came out. Oh, I saw people popping mad over the Eternals because in the Eternals film, Salma Hayek has been cast as a character that was white and male in the book. Uh, I think Angelina Jolie is cast as another character that was white and male in the book. There's a young black woman who is cast as a character that was white and male in the book
1: right and, and, saw, and, and, and able-bodied and she's deaf, deaf yeah
0: she's deaf and her character will be deaf in the film and that's not the same in the book and I'm like who cares and it's about time
1: But how about this It's been 10 plus years Of Marvel Since when did they do Anything exactly Like the books And like, when does it this matter This isn't new no more Y'all Yeah and it's
0: <laughs> like You know people are like ah, but that was mine And I liked it like this And I grew up on these characters and I'm like I don't care adults. Someone else is to grow up On the characters And it's to be Inclusive and diverse The way it should have been Before white supremacy Took hold And made everybody white And it's like something That I'm gonna say right now Cause I was gonna Make a tweet about this Like pretty much Everything that y'all grew up on That I grew up on Is racist as fuck is mm. is straight up and down supporting white supremacy. And it's so ridiculously ingrained that we don't even question it. Like, I'll just give you a few examples from Kamala books, real quick. The reason why the Fantastic Four is all white is racism. The reason why the original five X-Men are four men and one woman and they're all white is racism and patriarchal supremacy the reason why psylocke a character we all grew up on from the x-men cartoon in the 90s is a japanese woman who is originally a white woman who through one issue somehow gets transformed into this japanese body and there's no thought about it there's no like what would this actually happen like what does this mean you know it's just like oh this is cool you know now she's a japanese woman with martial arts it's racism folks you know it's just <laughs> down the line it goes on and on and on it's either racism sexism patriarchal white supremacy is the source and cause of it all and so I'm down for anything that takes that down you know I don't have time to argue about oh this is a remake and so you know you're just mad because I mean you're just happy with these scraps because they turned Ariel Brown into Little Mermaid it's not like she's about our culture and really doing no it doesn't matter because she's a little mermaid now with dreadlocks you know a disney princess now has dreadlocks it's like i'm cool you know i'm happy for that just the same way i'm happy for a black panther the same way i'm happy for anything that is more inclusive and more diverse Uh, i mean uh, harriet tubman though we'll get to that um
1: Whoa, what does that mean? Oh, God. I mean, we can get to
0: that right now, though. I mean, I, I think that's... I I mean, we have
1: so much to get yeah, into. Just, the fuck do we
0: start? There's so much to get into. And, I mean, real quick, just with the Harriet Tubman trailer drop, I, I don't... Oof.
1: Okay, wait, let's... Okay, I'm going to help you out there. Yeah, you got to help me. Because Let me know who's involved in you this. Be, you be, like... like di- no, <laughs> I'm... I'm, I'm no, I'm trying to explain just your reactions, yeah. and, and I'm trying to help you... Um, express your thoughts better because you be diving into these sound effects and it's hilarious <laughs> like you be doing all this stuff how do you feel about it okay are you happy about what you saw
0: uh, honestly I did not find the trailer that impressive okay. And I,
1: did, I, I didn't find it impressive however yeah. was there something about it that intrigued you
0: I'm hoping they capture some of that magic. Okay, it's directed by Cassie Lemons. I had to look it up real quick. It's directed by Cassie Lemons, who I definitely F with. So that's, you know, that's the start. Um, that's my shorty behind E... I mean, the woman behind Eve's Bayou, which is one of my classics. In okay. fact, people were talking about who should direct Blade, and I was thinking about her today because of that. So right there. Um, Cynthia Erivo as Tubman, also a beast. Mm-hmm. You know, Leslie Odom. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of beasts involved in this. Leslie Odom Jr., yep. yes. But I, I feel like there's no, there's no, I I was thinking of a song today. Like, I feel like, you know, movies, studios and stuff saying there's, there's no history like slave history, you know, it's like, they just,
1: you know. Honestly, any, just really for the last couple of years, anytime I hear, to see something about slavery, I just see Michael J. White saying, I hate slavery yes, every yes, single yes. time. I, do, I cannot get it out of my head. That gift displays yes. constantly. Yes. Um, <laughs> was I like... Was I did I feel like, oh, my God, this is amazing type of for the trailer. No. Did I think, though, it was intriguing? Yes. I appreciate the fact that I I, what it looks like anyways, what they're trying to do is is, as they they bill it as the true story of Harriet Tubman. They're showing her being uh, having agency. A lot of uh, the way I was brought up in the public school systems. I mean some of them touch on it and really depending on what state you are sometimes they erase her completely in the in the textbooks but they didn't really get to the nitty-gritty of what Harriet was out there doing. Yeah. Like you you get a lot of these these sound bites if you will i could have saved yeah which is right i could say they they were slaves yes that's cool but what was the what was she like what was she actually doing out there she was riding she was out there riding for life and she had the shoddy she had all this stuff like and i feel like they are at least trying to go in that direction again this is just a trailer we don't know the full (laughs) breath of the movie i hate slavery Listen, but it seems like they're going to really try to show all facets of Harriet. I also think Cynthia Erivo is an amazing actor, and I think mm-hmm. that she's going to do a great job. Yep. I also, if, if we had a chance to see maisha um, um, Hines do, uh, if you remember her from Underground, remember she did that? Do monologue? I? Do
0: I? Woo! where was the Emmy I think,
1: I think if we if, if, unfortunately if Underground didn't have gone away the way it had to go away we would have even seen more of yeah that. we would
0: have seen this already we would have seen it and, and that's I mean under, I'm hoping that this has some of that flavor because Underground yeah. was one of the few slave narratives that I've ever enjoyed I mean probably the only one and, and the six minute shout outs to um, American Gods uh, Orlando Jones episode first oh, yeah. season that's about it
1: yeah, I that I will say that. What I want from this, from this, from this movie, this Harriet Tubman movie, I want spicy. I Harriet want that. Tubman. There we
0: go. I want I want Orlando Jones. I want a Nancy on the boat Harriet Tubman.
1: Right, like I want burn no
0: this mother motherfucker, motherfucker down. down right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want. Of course,
1: within context, like In context. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not looking for her to turn into storm or anything, but I I just Buy want my the spicy. First unapologetic and we saw a little bit of unapologeticness but I, I just want to see the spicy unapologetic like I have to do this or we will all die type of energy yep. from this and so I'm giving it a chance but I mean okay it's not I hate slavery film it's let, let's see <laughs> <laughs> let's give it a chance <laughs> oh my, you know. and and you know I'm the same person talking about giving it a chance who also is not excited about the Black Widow movie and just mm. to now just to be clear to a lot of people because okay so, I feel like people see my comments and be like, "Oh, she's ha- she's hating, it, she's hating it, she 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 putting it down." No, all I said was I'm not really checking for it like that mm-hmm. because I don't I don't personally care for the character. Now, you can we can argue that is maybe it's the way the character has been written in the last yes. 10 years, which is the issue. Yes. And 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 so be it. If we get a better version of Natasha, one that really does her more justice, then I'll probably more interested. Just as it stands with my current understanding of the MCU's Black Widow Slash Natasha Romanoff I don't care mm. And now Is that to say I'm not gonna watch the film? Hell no I'm gonna see the film I'm gonna be there That's my job I'm gonna be there I'm going to analyze it And talk about it Just as of, as of right now I'm just not excited
0: Now me uh, Everything Starla Joe Has said lately Has been Whizack oh. and terrible And it's just like oh Damn it girl god. Damn I'm it
1: gr- I mean at this point She should've played Groot If she feel that
0: mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. Like
1: damn bro. Oh my god
0: But I'm a huge Natasha Romanoff fan, even from the comics, even from, you know, early days to recent days. She had a dope run recently, so I'm hoping that this does some justice. At the same time, I've also seen Red Sparrow, uh, White This, whatever, Assault, you know, all those movies. I've seen this done a million times already, you know, like the Black Widow type movie has been done a million times. I do love the idea of Taskmaster. He's also one of my favorite villains from Marvel, and it's the MCU, so I'm there for it. But... Out of all the announcements, you know, that Marvel dropped this weekend, Mm -hmm. it's low on the list. Yeah. It hurts that that's the next one. You know, (laughs) that that's like, you know, that like Thor, Love and Thunder ain't dropping next or... (laughs) You know,
1: um, uh, all the stuff with the, the the purifier, you gotta wait on. Yeah, I gotta wait on. You it. got you gotta wait on the product, my guy. Yeah, like, this you is know, how you it, it be.
0: But when they break out them blue tops, like I treat it, you know, <laughs> like that's what I mean. It don't matter. You gonna take what they give you, you know. Like when the when the line forms up for the crack, you know, they don't be like, <laughs> yo,
1: I don't really yes, like this crack. crack. You know, like um, does it have to be crack? Look, the so Right is- right now,
0: the MCU is serving pure crack. You know, I can't even call. <laughs> Not it- even
1: heroin. No, why, I, why crack it well might, first of all it might be the, cocaine
0: and, it might be the pure coke
1: And the immortal words of Nippy crack is whack yes. and I'm too rich to be doing crack this okay? this
0: is quite true you know so I'll say it's Jeez. pure cocaine because they're they're serving it you know and oh, you know man. when they bring it out I'm like oh I don't like this type of cocaine no you you sniff <laughs> the cocaine you know it's like it's right <laughs> there I mean, I, that's what I've heard.
1: What podcast is this, yo? <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard. I,
0: I mean, not from experience. Can you
1: imagine being a first-time listener, and it's just like, why are they talking about drugs?
0: <laughs> I mean, they, you know,
1: if they're an MCU fan, they would understand.
0: You know, they would, they would purely understand. Like, you're not going to ask. You know, they're going to bring it out, and you're going to have some. People watching humans. Don't act like you ain't watched that first episode, at the very least. And that was Ooh. before the game even got, you know, that was before, you know, the MCU really, like, took over like look at what they're doing right now like the way they laid it out and it's like okay um WandaVision with that weird ass name goes right into Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness like what so you're gonna watch a TV show and then it's gonna connect right into the movie
1: I fucks with it and I'm actually looking forward to
0: WandaVision oh oh, you I mean big time that's one of the ones I grew up on was Wanda and the Vision that's like my one of my favorite Marvel couples
1: I still don't believe in their MCU romance. No. It's, it's still, it's still like Not pretty much like.
0: Not yet. Hopefully this doesn't. It. It's,
1: it's definitely wet paper bag Ouch. status for me, but them as characters, I fuck with yeah. them.
0: But I'm hoping that this series finally manages to make it work. Cause no, yeah, so far. Nah, none of that. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> no, it ain't been there. There's, there's still, you know, I, I, I can't deny it, you know shout out to I'm a straight rider shout out Um, but yeah Marvel definitely killed it I mean we could go on and on about that you know all the announcements were dope to me I'm hyped for you know um, Lady Thor with Uh, Natalie Portman I think that she'll have her you know she's a great actress when given the right material I don't think anyone was given the right material in those first two Thor movies so I'm not mad at her about them
1: I mean her Jane bored the fuck out of me but so did the Thor movies it wasn't like you know so and now yeah so maybe with like you said maybe with the right materials things would be different and because Taika is behind her things will be different yeah
0: we'll see what happens there you know the Loki series I mean of course we're hyped for all that so you know that's beside the point Um, everything else San Diego (laughs) Kamak it was
1: so there was a billion trailers yes. that dropped over the weekend
0: uh the witcher joint i still haven't even watched but i saw that people who were loving
1: i, I watched it I, and i loved it
0: i was already hyped i was you know look after me playing The Witcher Three and ruining my man's life like I did, I need,
1: I need to see. Oh, you want the you want the port the bad route?
0: No, I still didn't even finish it. But now that this is coming out, I'm like I'm going back to finish that game and seeing how badly I have ruined my man's life because I've wow I've done him dirty, dog. I, I've not. It's been. It's
1: like take it's, take the, the the bread without paying. I, no, I've got a squad. Steal like, it like pay I, for I,
0: it. I assembled a squad, but you know how I did it is you know. <laughs> (laughs) questionable.
1: You are the worst. You know, you are, you abuse video game characters. Do
0: you know that? I am patriarchal uh, (laughs) supremacy in its finest in The Witcher. (laughs) In its finest, like I am abusing it, like, I, like oh my god, like shout out to our guest who's coming on the show later. I am role playing to the fullest in the, you know in this game, and I'm like, what would it be like to be a white man with mad power? And I'm like, oh, this is what it's like. This is great because yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah, oh, but I'm yes. gonna I'm gonna finish that game before okay. the series drops.
1: I'm happy for you. Hopefully, you, maybe you'll do it again without ruining the I'll put, hey, maybe you go worse. I don't know.
0: Maybe um, I'll put it on TV oh, slash for all nerds. Actually,
1: you should put it on twitch and it, your whole session should just be you making the poorest decisions and see how was, much it's more it's too late for to that, say. but
0: we'll see what happens. Oh, my- no.
1: There's still decisions. You said you ain't finished no, yet. No, so I there's still Bad decisions to come.
0: Okay, well I will make I will make the worst decisions. And if um, as we just plug Twitch TV slash for all nerds, we are getting it popping over there. I know we've been talking about it for a long time, but it is actually now all in reality. We've been streaming pretty much every day, either mm-hmm. some games, some DJ sessions, and very soon some actual live show sessions
1: yo oh. we actually there was a couple of people who i guess were sneaking around on yes, our twitch yes. because we we were testing this afternoon in the studio yep and uh, a couple of people was just on the thing so they probably they probably saw me you know talking about myself self-deprecating and all that stuff mm-hmm. but um it, it looked good yes it looked real good yes. so thank you for the number one thank you patreon patrons mm-hmm. literally the only reason we got cameras, the only reason we got equipment, the only reason we're even able to be back on Twitch and come back live in the full effect is because of y'all. Like, point blank, period. Thank you so much. We salute you. We need you. We did and still need you. Yes. And thank you. You. Mm. You're you going to see the fruits of our labor very, very soon.
0: Very soon. Because like I said, we got the live shows coming. We got DJ sessions for me coming. You could see us both rocking soon on various video games. You know, we're we'll gonna be throwing it in, doing some talks, you know. Just really come see me because I'm playing Overwatch, so I'm just over there talking shit about anything. You know, any questions you got might be your best time to ever ask me because I just kick we're, ass and talk shit.
1: We're gonna name your that particular twist stream for which are poured decisions with dj and (laughs) not me
0: that's pretty (laughs) much me on any video game um (laughs) especially when there's choices like when there's choices like spider-man didn't give me that many choices you know to really like fuck up peter parker's life or god of war i couldn't really mess that up you know i think there's just one ending in god of war i don't know i never investigated that if there's more than one ending or whatever but no. yeah, no, like The Witcher, I'm, I've heard that there's a very bad ending and I'm headed for it.
1: Well, you're probably headed for <laughs> yeah. it. Totally headed no, for I'm it.
0: No, I'm so on it. I, but
1: yeah, the, the Witcher Netflix, which is actually based on the books, not the game. Yeah. Um, that trailer slapped. Watchmen trailer slapped. Slaps. Shout, hold on. Shout hold out on to, to Regina King. Jesus. Jesus Christ. I expected Amaze. the worst from that show. You've, Did You which, You know what? I, I never know what to expect watching because I thought that the movie was woefully boring, oof. woefully boring. Hurts. I wasn't into it. Hurts. Um, Have you, um, sorry. And you've never read the book. Nah. And maybe that's part of it. And maybe that's not. But I've just, I just I couldn't do it. To this um, day,
0: I'll say that book holds up and it's one of the best things ever written and drawn and created. It's like it's just a stunning work of art. I'll say that again and again. And this show, I didn't expect nothing because it's just so hard. It's like one of those things, it really only works to me as a comic book and works so much better than anything else as a comic book. Right. So it's so difficult, you know... I mean, just think about it right now. Some of the choices they make, you know, in imagery, the way it works is so stupid top down. You got to read it one time. You know, it's like it it's just so well done.
1: I'm I'm gonna give it a shot. Yeah. Like I said, you've never steered me wrong when it comes to graphic novels slash books. though. Yeah, so yeah. Watchmen
0: is one of them ones that still holds up to me. But the trailer has me hyped. Like Regina King alone, <laughs> Yaya. But yeah, what I saw Yaya, so I was just like
1: I saw Yaya again. I'm like, my God! Literally, right after he got off this show, his whole world opened up. I mean, and y'all could make fun of me and laugh, but uh, the the fan, oh, excuse me, the four all nerds circle of trust is real,
0: real, real. And you know that
1: you know that gift where Beyonce said, God is real. <laughs> God is real.
0: Four all nerds circle trust. We for-all need yeah, Circle of
1: trust is. We need real. we
0: need to like black it out with a little you know stretch it out and be like four all nerds circle trust <laughs> is real because that. Oh. Um, uh-uh.
1: uh, but yeah uh we gotta we guys just just really quickly get through the rest of the some of the, stuff. the top gun trailer uh you know it, someone it was actually shout out to um damn i don't have her twitter name but she said it was basically like a movie about someone who never wants to retire
0: oh, <laughs> Shit. Ah, shit I, <laughs>
1: Uh, no, she, she said, she said, what do we say to the God of retirement? <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Not today. That's what she said. Yo,
0: <laughs> but let me say, I, w- I had no interest in it. That's one of the few 80s movies that I'd never cared about, you know, back then. I didn't really like Tom until later, I guess. And he's I'm like, yo, this, this, this motherfucker is really flying that F-15. He's flying
1: that damn plane. I, I 100% believe he's flying the he's plane. He's really
0: and- flying that fucking F-15, I think.
1: I haven't read any I haven't, yeah, I haven't read haven't anything looked. yeah but I haven't looked for it but, but I'm like is this motherfucker really flying he, that F-15? He probably F-15? is. He probably is for real cuz this man on some other shit this man on some stuntman shit for real. I mean so I believe it. That
0: fucked me up. Like I got I, I have a friend who's flown I think the F-15 so I'm going to ask him but I was sitting there watching that trailer like yo
1: like, like, that might be like, him. Yo, he might be real. Like, that looks real.
0: That, like, you know, to my, you know, filmmaking visual eye, that doesn't look like no effects to my nigga, you know. That looks right. like, yo.
1: <laughs> like that doesn't look like no visual effects my nigga. <laughs>
0: like, yo. Yo. Oh,
1: my God. All right. Uh, we, all
0: right. Uh, we, we We can we can get to some more of that after this. But, you know, we got to take a quick break right here because we got something Momentous. It's going to be
1: a 15 hour long episode.
0: 15 hour long, but it's going to be worth every second of it because after the break, we have an interview with somebody I've been waiting to have on the show forever. Kieran Gillen, the author of Wicked and Divine, of Young Avengers, of the new comic Die, of just some of the best works of. You know, in comics ever to me is on the spaceship in an interview that he himself told me afterwards was one hell of an interview. So mm. you know,
1: mm. this and, and love to uh, Karma the Blur girl. Yes, stepping in as the co-host. Yes,
0: you know the four all nerds circle of trust is real. Like we say, I mean, Karen's already a superstar, but after this interview, it's going to be even crazier for him. I'm, I'm just you know, he knows, I know. Y'all know it's one of my favorite interviews we've ever done on this show. It's one of the most personal interviews we've ever done on this show. So check for it. And we'll be right back after the break.
2: Hey, guys, it's Allison Williams. I'm an actor. And when I am not scaring people on screen, I am hanging out with For All Nerds and listening to their show.
1: Hey guys, this is Rod and Karen of the Blackout Tips podcast. And when we are doing one of our mini podcasts, yes, we are listening to 4 All
2: Nerds.
0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Asante, one third of the friend zone. And when I am not smoking pot or playing Shinobi Striker, I am listening to For All Nerds. Tune in. What's up, everybody? This is Chuck Creekmer, a.k.a. Jigsaw from allhiphop.com. And when I'm not placing my heavy hand on the world of hip-hop culture i'm watching for all nerds hey this is rogan
1: browning and when i'm not trying to take over netflix i'm listening
3: to for all nerds yo what up this is Yahya abdul Mateen the second i play black manta and the aquaman movies and when i'm not getting around the city i'm
0: chilling
4: listening to for all nerds what's up y'all this is Anthony harris Fire Artist, co-creator of Aztec, Fire Artist on Ajala, The Fringe, Michael Cray, Watson the Holmes, don't forget Watson Holmes, award winner of Watson the Holmes, Glyph Award, Eyes Are Nominated. When I'm not drawing, I am listening to For All Nerds. Check it. Hey, I'm Malcolm Lee, director of Night School, and when I'm not directing, writing, and producing, and editing, and spending time with my kids, I'm listening to For All Nerds.
1: Hey, this is Pamela Ribbon, and when I'm not writing things like My Boyfriend is a Bear or Ralph Breaks the Internet, I am listening to For All Nerds.
3: Yo,
0: what's up? This is Chico Leo, and when I'm not leading an Athenian revolt in Assassin's Creed
3: Odyssey, I'm listening to For All Nerds.
0: Welcome back, Internets, to this episode of the For All Nerds show. And I know that, you know, we've been killing it as always, but right now we're about to take it up to another level because here in the spaceship tonight we have one of my favorite people, someone I've been waiting to have on this show for a long time. We've actually talked, I think, a few times now at New York Comic Con, but has never actually been in the spaceship proper tonight. The author, creator behind Phonogram, Young Avengers, The Wicked and Divine, his new book, Die. Kieran Gillen is here in the spaceship tonight. Let's all make some noise for him.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, the the millions and millions. It's a dream to be here. I've always wanted to come to space, and I've always wanted wanted to come to space with you. So this is is a hell of a time. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Well, thank you for being here. Like I said, we've been, you know, trying to work this out for a minute now, but... With Wicked and Divine coming to an end, the first trade of die is now out in stores. You know, we had to get you here. And I'm so happy to have you here for real. So thank you.
4: Yeah. Thank you. It's such a weird, like I said, we've talked about it for years and it's a really great time to do it. It's kind of, kind of end of an era, start of a new era sort of period for me. So it's, um, I, I get sentimental. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, tearing up here and stuff as the memories come flooding back.
0: Uh, that's good, and that's, you know, we're definitely going to get into some sentimental memories today, so <laughs> hopefully you have your tissues and everything ready, but um, before we get to all that, like, to start off with, this is something that is, you know, a particular interest to our listeners out there. You started as a journalist, like, you were a video game journalist before you went over to the dark side and started writing yourself, as a, <laughs> you know, as a comic book author and everything to author. And what gave you the courage to do that in the first place?
4: Wow. That's a good It's like courage. You've got almost like backload that. Cause I kind of, um, I come from like a fanzine background, like, you know, like music press and that's like small self-published photocopied magazines. Mm. Um, and I remember like being 19 and actually I'd got my first work for like a national magazine by that point. And I never really thought that I could be quote unquote a writer. Um, but there was this line in this book called *England's Dreaming* by John Savage, which was basically a history of punk rock. Uh, by, and he was part of the punk rock scene. And he, there's a bit, I and mean, he talks, does the, the larger history, and he's very academic. But he also does the, like the small personal stuff. And he talks about being in a like a toilet at work, you know, in the restroom, and he's like cutting and pasting and sticking stuff together in the restroom in a break at like work uh, to, I quote, um, "Let the A bombs in my head out." Uh, and there's a moment of like recon- re- re- recognition as in, I saw myself there. I in, oh wow, 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 I do that. Therefore, but he's John Savage and John Savage has got to where he wants to be. Therefore, I'm okay to think of myself as a writer. And that Im- immediately for me is like part of my background as a zine kid was part of like appreciating a form is also doing a form. And it's not like you were like, necessarily have goals to do that form just the idea of like if you love music you form a band or you dj or you know or you write about and all these things aren't like contradictory they're all kind of expressions of the same love so that's kind of my background so i got into comics late um so i um got comics when i was 25 properly so and i came in hard um, and coming from that background part of my love of comics was just starting to do comics so I kind of like, when I was this journalist and, you know, moderately successful in my field, um, I like knocked off in the evening and wrote comics and uh, trying to talk artists into drawing my stuff. I do these little black and white zines, which is how I kind of met Jamie. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, it's always like, I didn't have goals as such, which is the wrong way of putting it. I was very ambitious about the work, but in terms of actually quote unquote breaking in, I never really had, that wasn't what I was in it for. I was in it for like, um, um, what I could do with the form which of course weirdly, indirectly did involve breaking it. So that's kind of the thing. So it was, it was always like, I'd already made the emotional leap as in, this is all coming from the same place. Um, And the practicality of it was actually weirdly quite simple because I was a freelance journalist by the time I wanted to start doing comics. So when people started offering me work, (laughs) my one rule was I uh, earn money during the day and do stuff that doesn't earn money at night. So I could eat, you know? Mm -hmm. And like this, when I started getting jobs that paid, I started doing them during the day. And it got to the point where I could just sort of switch over. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, you know, but the side of journalism I came from being like I said, video games and music journalism, or the kind of like the operatic show offy, you know, that side of m- music writing mm-hmm. <laughs> and culture writing. So it's kind of all, it was always from a similar sort of place for me.
0: So that's interesting. So for you, it wasn't that, you know, you'd had to like gain this courage or something that you'd already had or were already living it because you were already doing working from the independent side where it was basically the hustle, no matter what.
4: Yeah, 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 exactly that. As in, in terms of my, uh, there's so much I sort of bring over from that, fanzine writer when i was a journalist all that kind of like, hustle is a good word for it mm-hmm. but it's also kind of like yeah you know, it's an artistic from the heart hustle mm-hmm. in that kind of like it's all about it's like being part of a scene which is a thing i've always loved like, I, like i've kept myself incredibly lucky about my life is that i've genuinely spent most of my life surrounded by creative people and you know from just re- really interesting people who are kind of love what they do and that's incredibly like therapeutic you know what i mean to have mm-hmm. that kind of like that supportive network around you
0: Mm, no that and that's something we talk about on the show and we you know all the time we encourage people and I always tell people it's like you have to like cultivate your own type of family around you you know you you know you're born into a family or whatever and you have the friends you grow up with and stuff but you need to cultivate that creative especially if you're a creative you have to cultivate creatives around you and that's dope mm-hmm. that you've always had that because i know how inspiring and helpful that can be
4: definitely i mean like i always like when you meet when you're on the scene especially like, coming to comics you meet people and you see their stuff and you're like you know, it's it's good stuff, but it's not it's not me. And then you kind of meet someone like when I met Jamie, I, I saw Jamie's stuff and it was instantly, oh right, you you are literally reading the same comics I am. Mm. <laughs> you know, and I could see it. And, and you know, and you end up like forming. You know, the more you meet people, the more you kind of okay, oh, this is my family. And you know, there's other people, and that's kind of part of the joy of getting out as a creator. Like you know, and it's kind of easier now, especially with the internet, in that you can actually connect with people all over the world. That was my kind of like. My generation of creators, you know, the classic British creator, they talk about like coming up through 2000 AD and whatever. Um, but that wasn't my background. I kind of like came up through the One Alice Forum and that meant my peers were kind of like people all over the world. So it's like people, like, I don't know, Matt Fraction or Kelly Sue or Xtop or Jamie or, you know, those kind of, so it was, it was all kind of done online. <laughs> mm. uh, whilst, you know, I, I had people I knew in real life like Alex De Campi, mm. um, but like, but you know, but it was, even, even then I met Alex online originally. You know. Um it all that kind of that was you know that was, and of course people listening go, obviously that's true. But like the fact I was coming in around two thousand when I was starting into comics, with we the first sort of wave of like comic creators. and that, that was our scene that was that was I think was quite new about it then, I guess.
2: Kieran, it's interesting. Hey, it's Karima. It's interesting hey. you mentioned um two thousand AD. I was gonna ask you whether or not you got into any of uh, that you know, whether or not that when you, you came in, you kind of came in a little bit late, but did you reach back and look at any of the work that Mobius and Humanoids and all the people and, you know, a lot of that stuff and 2000 AD and, and Tank Girl mm-hmm. and because were, were, those are also epic stories and you write epic stories. And I was curious as to whether or not you kind of pulled from any of that uh, and also, you know, what some of your other influences
4: were. Firstly, thank you. Secondly, <laughs> uh... <laughs> It's like I said. It's a bit of a when I say I come into comics at 25. That's a slight simplification in that kind of you know. That's when I came in completely religious and okay, I'm all in. Um, like I read comics properly as, a, as a, like a, a proper kid, like before I was a teenager. And as a teenager, you never really had any access to comics. Like you only had stuff. I came from a place called Stafford, which is quite a small town. Mm. so There's no comic shop, um, uh, so I had no access to like quote unquote comics. I you know, which weren't on the news shelf. However, that did mean that like, my brother bought 2000 AD, so I quite regularly p- read 2000 AD, and I read you know the stuff he'd picked up. So that like, comics, would probably, and yeah, and yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, like if you specifically ABC Warriors, no, I'm sorry, I'm
2: sa- oh. Okay.
4: Sorry, a strip called well, the ABC know. Warriors is uh, from 2000 AD. If that is the thing that yeah. taught me to write theme comics, uh, another, and, uh, I don't and know if you take go that, up, and, but I'm uh, gone, yeah, yeah, so good. And there's another comic called um, Bad Company. And Bad Company is the other thing that taught me to write team uh, books. So both, if you read both of them and sort of see the techniques when I was writing in *Canny X-Men, like mm, and Harry, especially because mm. writing a team book is hard. If you're writing a team book in five-page chunks, that's not you know, it's really difficult. So but when I was reading that. Okay. okay.
2: Um, I believe, okay, so I'll just pick up with my last question. Um, so 2000 AD and Judge Dredd and those things, you, you were, when your brother was picking them up, you were kind of absorbing those.
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, he kind of, he came to also quite late. So this is like, must be when I was 16, 17. Mm. He was also buying like the best dogs. So Mm -hmm. it's like all the they crunched into a short period. So like there's two strips specifically, ABC Warriors, which is a story about a team of like robots who are amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, the uh, Bad Company. And if you kind of take Bad Company and the ABC Warriors, that's kind of like the majority of the lessons I learned about how to write superhero team books. Because doing a team book is hard, mm-hmm. but like doing a team book in five pages and five page chunks, that's like this nightmarishly difficult. So like when I went over and started doing Uncanny X-Men and stuff like that, that's kind of the sort of stuff I was thinking about. And I do like, you know, robots. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you also and you also like difficult because you like writing 6,000 year histories in what, 10 pages?
3: <laughs> I don't believe it making it easy. <laughs>
4: I don't, know. That's <laughs> what, that, that, I don't know so much that comes to like when i got into comics like when i was 25 in the five years leading up i kind of like a mate of mine when i was 21 when i was living in america for a year he basically gave me boxes of like early vertigo books mm. so kind of like i was reading comics like one or two trades a year for that period uh before going full in um but the thing that period also taught me was like you know i fell in love with alan moore when i was 21. So that kind of like, oh, it's got to be hard. <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of the, you know, if it's possible, it's probably, you know, too easy. Um, and that definitely comes to my love of, you know, Alan, basically, the idea of you really have to go for it. Yeah. Mm. You know, life's short. It's, you know, trying something like, which is difficult is actually, it's fun as well, you know? And the, for me, there's always a thrill in um, seeing something. Like, I was trying to think of what sort of comics I like to read. You know, and I like to read lots of books, mm. but like that stuff i really like a kind of the book i pick up and i go i had no idea that was possible <laughs> you know uh, and i that always like refreshes me and makes me think about what else could be possible you know
0: hmm. that's interesting because that was like i've talked about this with you before when when you first came on the young avengers when both of you first came on the young avengers I, that was pretty much my first exposure to you and I loved the series before of Young Avengers, and I'd grown to love those characters. And that was even a book when it first dropped where I was like, oh, this is to be garbage. Like, just the whole <laughs> idea, you know, Young Avengers, I was like, this is so corny. You also so have corny. to realize
2: that Ben goes into most new things like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, all, not all things, but anyway, yeah. So I was more like, you know, looking, I, when y'all came on the Young Avengers, I didn't think that I wasn't, I was hoping it'd be good because I loved the last one so much. Mm-hmm. And then you came onto it and it just to me was so different and so crazy every issue and it was so just I, I've seen you say that you wanted to do like a set piece in every issue and not even repeat yourself. And so it was all these crazy ideas and these crazy concepts, every issue. And I just loved it so much and that's what first got me, you know, pretty much really addicted to your work where I just thought it was like, Wow, this is something, you know, he's really out there pushing the limit
4: thank you i mean that's what i think part of that comes from coming to comics quite late Mm. some of it's just me because i'm like i'm always interested in the form as you know what can this medium do what's special about this medium or any medium i like write for or think about but like the other side is if you come into it late everything's kind of fresh and weird so like so much as i mean i always talk about the idea of like getting to comics as late as i do is like um discovering like record shops at 25 Mm. like you know oh yeah you knew music existed you know, it was around, you've heard a few, you've liked a few songs, but the idea, I don't know that they've got like 110 years of pop music history and you can go and discover it all and lose yourself in it. And that kind of, the the thriller than you, that moment of like the incandescent spark of possibility, that's kind of like, since that was something that was very important for me, like trying to do that to the medium and so much of like that level of the playfulness is kind of born of the excitement of getting to write comics. It's like, there's definitely, I think, there's some comics lifers who are kind of taking the medium for granted. And I don't, okay, that that definitely sounds like I mean it in a bad way, but the idea like I'm I'm still slightly Mm (laughs) puppyish, which does lead to like doing the stuff like Young Avengers, I think.
2: Yeah, I think, and that that says a lot to all of the work that you do, because when you're, like you said, not in a bad way, but when you're jaded, when you've been in it for a minute, you think there are all these rules that you put in in front of yourself but when you're new and you're like you said like a puppy there are no rules like i'm just going to do all the things and see what works and i think that's why your stuff looks so creative and new and in addition to like like you said the the history that you have with like jack i mean uh and simon um because you guys together have this look that we now know um you know is your team and you know whatever comes Mm -hmm. out of that team is gonna look amazing
4: Mm. it's so fun like, I mean it's like I feel incredibly lucky obviously finding Jamie the way I did and we found Matt and Clayton on lettering and the idea with this really tight like when you actually find collaborators you really gel with and I always come back to the band metaphor like me and Jack we're a pretty tight band now we're stuck together mm-hmm. and we all like have a similar feeling And someone like Matt who's so adaptable like he'll always like see what you're trying to do and push it further and Jamie is really good at working for like with Matt and it's a kind of like and we have shorthands and rhythms and, like, Jamie knows what the sort of thing I like. And when I'm writing for, like, Jamie, I'm thinking, okay, I would never do this for anyone else, but I know that Jamie can sell this expression. Mm-hmm. Like, the story the story would fall apart if, you, if the person can't do this. And so much of, like, being a comic writer for me is, you know, looking at your creative team and thinking, okay, what can they do that is, but, you know, what, how can we best show off this artist the best ability? Because it's like, that's the way that comics end up being good i think it's something i mean so i'm sort of chewing over because i'm not quite sure i agree because also you can write to push people you know Mm -hmm. but that kind of the conversation with the artist in terms of like okay what works best because i mean this is one of the things where i quite often like when i'm looking at indie when i say indie work i mean really indie small press work i find myself looking at a writer working with an artist and thinking what you've done you've learned to write comics by reading mainstream comics or like even even like indie comics but like the kind of the page layouts you're using are Great if you're actually working with like Jamie or like a mainstream artist. But if you're working with an artist who can't like create a splash page that creates impact, that's actually a wasted page because the splash page has no impact because the artist can't handle it. So in other words, that kind of like your aim to work in the mainstream and the artist, you know, not being there has led to work that's not as good. Where, of course, if you actually change the dialogue a bit, okay, this person can't quite handle this splash page, but if we add multiple panels, maybe we can use smaller moments, you know, we can think about what could work you know, you can actually create a
0: really striking aesthetic
3: piece.
4: You know, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, and you, you've talked about like with Jamie and with Wicked and Divine in particular, how you said that you didn't want to do anything stupid. I think <laughs> that was what you first told him. Let's not <laughs> let's not do anything stupid with this one. And now that you're nearing, nearing the end of the run, do you feel like you've done anything stupid, or is it as the experiment or the magic trick worked for you?
4: Oh, I think we've done lots of things stupid. Like, I think <laughs> launching Wicked was the one, you know, lot, you know, launching the book was the one not stupid thing we did. <laughs> that, kind of like, that's, it, that was explicitly like, let's not just go back to Phonogram. Let's do a new book because, hey, you know, Young Avengers is about doing something new. That was all. So it you was know, going back to something old after Young Avengers was kind of a betrayal. But they're kind of like the sensible business head and like, no, new books always do better. People are really into Young Avengers. We should launch something entirely new and quite as inaccessible whilst still being us. And like that will probably, you know, that's our biggest chance to do a book that lasts five years. Cause that's kind of the thing me and Jamie both wanted to do. We came in through Vertigo books. Um, mm-hmm. So that kind of like that 50 to 70 issue Vertigo run, we never had to do, we, we never had a chance to do that. So we're kind of aware this is our one chance to do, you know, a, a book of that length. And you only get to do a book of that length if you sell well enough, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, like, you can actually do the, you know, the graphs don't quite work always, but the basic graph, first issue sells this amount, second issue sells between 30 and 50% less than that, third issue sells 10% less than that, and then all further issues, 2% less. So if you've got the issue one and issue two sales, you can then calculate what you'll be selling on issue 20.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
4: if that issue 20 and if that issue 20 is above a certain number, you can ca- that you can do the 50 issues, and if it's not, you can't, because you, the thing is you've got to sell on ideally your singles drop at a rate and you've got to give enough time for the, the, uh, the trade sales to basically cover that money, mm. <laughs> you know? So it's like a series of graphs and it's just cold, hard numbers. And it's like, if you, if you can't see, if that graph doesn't work, you can't do a, your vertigo series essentially. Um, so yeah, that was, I want to say be sensible. I think that was what I wanted to do. But like after that, we've done so much dumb stuff, you know, like <laughs> Jamie, Jamie doing, Jamie doing photogram, taking the third arc off, um, all, all the enormous risks we took in terms of like characters we killed, characters we brought back, mm-hmm. char- you know, all the, you know, the emotional roller coaster of the book is not gentle. Mm. And, you know, it's
2: not. Feel- I had to put it down several times. You hurt my feelings.
4: Me too. I mean, obviously, like, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm the first person to cry and be angry with the book because it, <laughs> it's upsetting. But like, and it, the, the further you go into Wicked, the harder it gets. And, and but obviously, both also emo- partially emotionally, but also in terms of like the ideas and the stuff you're throwing at them. Like as you said, that issue—that six thousand years of history in an issue—that's not a normal issue. Mm-mm. You know, that's like as Jamie says, that's at least two issues worth of work. And in fact, I think you know that the book has never recovered from the schedule for that issue. It was mm-hmm. that. Uh, but at the same time, it's like no one's ever done this. We should.
2: <laughs> right, and it will go down in history as the, as as a book that did that. The other thing that you also mentioned was that I've I've heard you say before that you you began with the end. You knew how this was going to end from the beginning.
4: Yeah, did, I mean, you, I did like, you
2: deviate from that at all?
4: Yes, um, it's one of things like I said. This is a journey into mystery, and in you like you know the point of the book, the where the you're heading. That's kind of that's the reason why you can be as experimental along the way is that you know you've got these firm uh, landmarks. So that, I, I knew that at the end of the first arc, um, spoilers for the listeners. Okay, a certain character gets killed. End of the second arc, another character gets killed. Uh, end of the third arc, a character comes back. End of the fourth arc, big, that'd be end of a big old murder. Yeah. Uh, end of the sixth arc. Big old murder. That's the most British thing I've ever said. <laughs>
2: big old murder.
4: <laughs> That's <laughs> the name <laughs> of this episode, okay?
3: <laughs>
4: big old murder. End, end of the, the sixth but you know, and that. So those big sort of landmarks I knew were long, and I knew like the final panels of the story and what we do at the end. Mm. Um, but the specific things especially in the final year, I describe it as solving the equation. As in, there's some things I, knew, I definitely knew. I never knew which order they were in, but I knew them. But there's some things that are basically things that come from things we did previously. It's like stuff like, I didn't know until a certain point what where the final issue would be set, is the best way of putting it. Mm-hmm. As in, I thought I knew it would be set something like that, but I never knew the specifics. Um, so like, you know what I mean? As in, there's a lot... There's a lot there's a lot of major details I didn't 100% realise, uh, but there's also a lot of like core stuff I could, I could have said. As in, I could have told you like if we met in the pub, I probably told Jamie like the end of the end of the last issue is this.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> just give it to me, let me know. <laughs>
4: you know, that's I'm just—it's so hard because of course issue 44's gone to press now, so I'm Ooh. just trying to avoid spoiling anything for you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but so it's a mix because you can't have it all planned out because then you're just typing for five years yeah. and it's real. And also, your planning is never as detailed as, as the process of writing because mm-hmm. when you when you spend five years thinking about a book, you think about the details so much more. So that's why that's why I have the kind of you want to have the landmarks, but you need room space to write. You need space for the characters to be character. And it, it kind of like Die takes it further. As Die, I kind of have the um. I have the landmarks again, but there's so much more room for the character work as in like the the process of writing each arc is much more exploratory um, because I wanted to push it a slightly different direction. I think my tendency towards clockwork, well, it's not a fault, but you know, I've done it before, Like you know, part of me, like after doing something like wake div, you want to change it up a bit in the same way. Jamie, I know what Jamie's doing next, um, but Jamie explicitly, like his art has obviously changed across the five years, but at the same time, it hasn't changed radically. Because he's had to do the same, you know, roughly the same style. He can't like question his assumptions. And if he does a completely different look, the, the book, you know, the book breaks. In the same way, if I completely initially change Wake it doesn't doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of yeah. For me, the great joy at the moment is like launching books like the Peter Cannon book and you know Die and Once a Future, as in these are genuinely new ideas, which you know as opposed to did which I love, but I, it's basically ideas I had in motion from five years ago. Star Wars work, similar period, like Uber about, you know, the idea that I haven't really shown where my head has changed for five years. You know, I, you know you've know, you gone on the journey, but it's not like here is a brand new thing from Kieran or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which is one of the interesting things about the medium, that you kind of, um, trapped is the wrong word, but, you know, occasionally you are married, uh, or like married is, you know, you're in a relationship with a book, and you've got to basically carry on doing that thing. And those kind of periods of great change are both petrifying and interesting. And you know, I, I'm so relieved that die is selling because <laughs> 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 like, most most people have never have a, a one creator own book that sells. You know what I mean? So the other, it was very much also, oh, does that you know? If I do a book about Jamie, will anyone ever like it? You know? Because mm-hmm. we're so tied together, and it's so you know. Um, so I'm you know I'm very relieved it's turned out okay. But
0: you know, I, I won't deny the fear of there was real. Um I'm that dude because I remember when you announced it and, and you were like, "I'm not doing the next book with Jamie." I was like,
4: "Oh, what? Like, come it's, on!" I know it's like I spent my entire like last 15 years telling Jamie to do his own work <laughs> while still taking the scripts. Right, right, right. I'm
2: still throwing his scripts, like not giving him enough time to do his own work.
0: And then dies. <laughs> like, I mean, but. You know, Stephanie, I couldn't imagine anyone else on that book. It's you know, she's just killing it in every level, so.
2: But that was really funny too because I saw you, I work with Sci-Fi and I saw you at New York Comic Con when you were on our stage and she was talking about meeting you and going, "I don't think I'm going to understand anything he says. I don't I don't get it." <laughs> <laughs> And she and, and the whole D and D thing that you and, and her love of horror and, and you guys finding common ground to work on. So it's like you've left one relationship and you're starting a new one. What did, what was that collaboration like after having such a shorthand with Jamie, starting with a new possibly language barrier driven <laughs> <laughs> relationship with uh, with her?
4: It works okay in scripts, as in, like, I mean, I occasionally have trouble with her as well. <laughs> so it's that kind of... Um, we've got, the idea is we just literally don't understand each other as a wonderful metaphor for creative, you know, partnerships. Um, like so much like st- just Stephanie approaches the page in a different way mm. like me and Jamie we use a lot of grids and we use a lot of like this you know very rigid clockwork and Stephanie would never use a grid I, can't th- I don't think I've ever seen Stephanie use a grid uh, the, the concept just clearly bemuses her. <laughs> um, <but, you> know, <laughs>
2: like lines the, this, what are lines why would I stay yeah. within the lines
4: <laughs> let, let, let's have, cur- let's have oceans of colour pouring yeah. across the panel and that's the kind of like as I said earlier like the whole you ha- analysing how a collaboration works what this artist is good at what this artist likes to do, you know, because what an artist likes to do is normally what they nail. So like the, the more an artist enjoys something, generally speaking, the better the work will be. Occasionally it's worth pushing an artist to like, you know, for an effect, but really they're kind of like given dessert. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. um, so like always that like, I was thinking, I always knew that like, I think I might die. I would be writing, um, it'd be slightly, I wanted more captions. Like mm-hmm. it, I, I, Stephanie needs room to be impressionistic. Which means that I, the, 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 like the writing has to carry more of the basic sort of bits of storytelling to get the level of complexity we want. So, that kind of thing. And a lot of it, especially because Stephanie is such a world builder, in, like, in the opposite way to me, as in I'm very much like you, you know, a Jonathan Hickman graphs and lines stuff. Whilst Stephanie is a glorious improvisational machine. Like, Jamie is, that's what me and Jamie's relationship It's very, I like conceptualise, and then we come together and execute. You know, as it is, Jamie's always, okay, how do we do this? And my scripts have have a lot of ideas, and we take it and we work how to do it. So me and Jamie's partnership is about execution of fundamentally my ideas. While Stephanie, I will give her these quite dense scripts full of, like, world details, and she will come back with twice as much stuff on the page. Uh, (laughs) You know? it's done is both of us and like and then of course I respond to what she's drawn and we build from that.
2: Yeah, it looks uh, it definitely looks like it's a volley back and forth whereas yeah. the Wurtive had some very strict um not strict I just feel like I, I, the way I think strict
4: right actually I think like there's an austere-ness to me mm-hmm. and Jamie like mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's like British like I use like Daft punk as a metaphor for us yeah. you know the like, you know the idea is mm-hmm. they're, it's sequenced you know we're interested in like rhythm and like precision like and we were emotion like you know a jamie emotion shot is precise as in that's the great joy of a jamie character feeling an emotion as in you feel it but jamie has nailed that moment and while when stephanie does an emotion shot it's much more like um a a practically uh, impressionistic like i always think about the issue when um uh, ash is like just met the, the hobbits have just died and like the tolkien figures walked up and it's comforting mm-hmm. her and you've got like the and she looks utterly distraught but it's a kind of it's that kind of emotion rather than like just like it looks utterly full of woe you know I mean it's incredibly sad and whilst when jamie would approach it it's like it's kind of the, the sadness is a or different like, like a photograph's the wrong word mm-hmm. but like there's actually like stephanie has a painterly approach for emotional jamie i always come back to the word acting um -hmm. and you want to lose both you know so my scripts for stephanie were still kind of growing as in i tend to do a lot of like background and then i kind of then almost too long didn't read (laughs) (laughs) so like i do like so like then it's like at the end i will i will sum up this is absolutely the key thing as in you know you can do what you want but this is the bit of information that has to come across if it doesn't the story fails so that's the kind of way i approach with stephanie you know what i mean? Mm
2: So that she lands it, she to get her to to plan out where the ending and where the most important part of the, the panel would be. That's-
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. As in, like, you know, this is the key. Like, when you're you as additive and playful, mm-hmm. they're kind of, like, making the focusing down to, we need to see the five gold coins in this, you know, that, something that small. And it's not like, and everything else is, like, the playful stuff and this kind of stuff she can yes or no and, like, just improv and big. But it's like, no, we need five coins in this panel. That, that kind of stuff. And like with Jamie, it's much more flat. You know, as in, as in more like, Jamie is what well. I said, Jamie's about the execution in a slightly different way. Um, but I tell, actually going back to like Jamie, I mean, the original plan for Wickdip was Jamie would have had every second arc off. Yeah. So like, that's actually how Jock and Andy Diggle did the losers. Uh, and it was originally designed so Jamie could do other stuff. As in like, I deliberately pitch that so Jamie could. Except, like, we got to a point in Jamie was like, no, I want to do it all. You know, so right, This is my baby. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly You're like
2: co-parenting that. and he's like, I'm not taking a vacation. <laughs> I'm not doing this with a nanny. Are you kidding?
4: Yeah. Yes, exactly that. <laughs> which is like, and it, so it was only then I actually, I you, I'm incredibly insecure as a character. It was only then I actually thought, it well, Jamie actually likes my work. Mm. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, it's, like, it's not that we just track together. Jamie actually likes what we do, <laughs> um, which is like, I don't know. I'm very insecure. I I am
3: welling up now. Uh, And I found that
0: very touching. Oh Well, I got to ask you about that because that's something we talk about on our show a lot and everything is the idea of um, imposter syndrome and Mm. feeling that you're not worthy of being in the place that you are. And you just said you're insecure as a creator. And to me, you know, I'm always at home like god damn it Karen like like when I I read something I'm like this motherfucker you know like (laughs) like I was just about to ask you about the die about um issue three and I don't want to spoil it but the end of that issue I was about to ask you like when you finished that or when you thought of that that last page did you be like I'm the motherfucking man dog (laughs) like you see this shit do you see what I just did And, and you're over here telling me that you're insecure so how do those two things correlate or like how do you get over that
4: it's weird because they they there's definitely uh, when writing is good you know this it's like you, you, you feel like God and mm. it's it, that, that kind of like it's, mm. come, you know, it's coming out and you, re- and you when something's genuinely good and you're writing it you know it's good and then like a lot of the job is because it's the reason why it's a job is because it's you've got to be at least acceptable and quite good even when you're not feeling inspired you've got to like find tactics to create work because otherwise you can't be a working writer um, but the the um, that particular issue, I, I knew. I must it? I kind of knew that was either very, very good or very, very bad.
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: It's that kind of you know what I mean. I was in like it, I thought maybe this is just maybe this is offensive. Maybe like this is too like maybe I'm my own kind of take on this is like off in a few ways. Maybe like I shouldn't take these you know what I mean. I was in like but at the same time I also knew that this feels like the purest statement of something I've been trying to do since issue four of PhonoGram One. You know that kind of like big metaphorical critical essay in the form of a a comic, but it's also like a horror story and it's also kind of like a sad romance. Mm. You know, that kind of like, the best way to talk about art is also by doing art that kind of takes all that in. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something I've always been trying to do and I think the tree was the closest I came to doing. In fact, you know, it's definitely the one I'm most happy with. Um, But yeah, you know what I mean? But at the same time, there's also bits where you're like, then there's... It's rarely about the work. There's definitely bits I think, oh man, this is pretty good. <laughs> you know? Well, and it's a moment, oh no, this was on and I feel happy. And then you kind of go, oh, I'm kind of losing at this. Um, and the problem is, what is good and bad for you is not necessarily what would be good and bad for the audience. It's something Jamie talks about. Mm-hmm. It's like, he talks about like, when I'm feeling most dissatisfied in my art it's because I'm trying to level up. Mm-hmm. You know? The idea like, because um, you, what you're doing is not quite what you're aiming for. And I think that's quite true. I think so. Insecurity, I think, is absolute fundamental part of an artist. Because if you actually think you're, um, you are that like that good all the time, you're just deluded.
3: <laughs> that, but it also
2: sounds like your insecurity. Many of that comes from internal. It doesn't sound like you're reading the comments and going, "Oh God, they don't like me." It sounds like I it's thought, really more internal uh, goals that you set up for yourself.
4: Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And they said, there's some time, I mean, there are some people I would like to like my work. And it's, tell me, there's certain people I literally don't care. In fact, there's some, there's, there's some people I would be disturbed if they like my work. Oh, wow. <laughs> <You> know,
3: <that's
4: laughs> like, um but But like, when you actually want, you know, it's different just, when you actually set your, your goals, oh, no, Alan Moore's my hero. You know what I mean? When you've got your goals that high, <laughs> you know, I'm nowhere near as good as Alan Moore. Therefore, on some level, I'm a complete failure, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of, you know, that, that's also completely unfair. Mm-hmm. So and this is actually something that happened after my dad died, which is the reason Inspired Wick did. I used to have a very um, much more fundamentally magic approach to doing creative acts. I used to think it was all kind of um, – it was a bit like deliberately magical and I kind of lent too much into the magical side, I think. Um, and the, I found quite comforting the idea that basically what I did was plumbing – like, cause my back, my family is like builders. Like I used to work building sites when I was a teenager. Mm. Like, so a lot of my uncles are builders. And the idea of basically like a lot of what narrative is, I mean, part of it's magic, but the other, another part of it is just, can you connect these ideas together in a way that conveys information that creates an aesthetic effect? So the idea of like, oh yeah, these are just narrative tubes. You put them together and can I put them together in a way that does not leak water all over the floor?
3: Yeah. And
4: that's like, you know, that's what, that's kind of what my jobs are, you know? That's the kind of, so on some level, I can be quite comfortable with saying, oh, no, I'm a competent plumber. You know what I mean? And that side of the job, I can actually... That I'm not insecure about. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, but there's other sides of the job I'm completely insecure about. You know what I mean? Which is like... I think that having that balance is useful. Um, but I think just generally life, I presume everyone hates me. I'm one of these kind of... I did like an internet poll of like how much you... Um, assume people dislike you. And I'm liking the, I don't know, the, the 98th percentile of people who assume people dislike them. <laughs> so. No,
2: you just know, it's really funny. I think the same way. I always start from there. I always walk in a room going, they're going to hate me. They're going to think I'm stupid. And then I can work and then I'm fine.
4: Yes. It's really, <laughs> like, it's, and I know people do like, many people like me. And I've definitely got spikes in my personality and, I'm, you know, lots of different ways. But I'm basically, I'm basically a puppy dog in that kind of like. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited to talk to people, and it's like, you know, and I want to make friends and like smell each other and stuff. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, okay, I've got one that this is definitely something very personal, something that um has even become more personal to me recently with um, Wicked and Divine and everything. Like I've always told you, one of my favorite books, and you talked about how. It was inspired by the passing of your father and how the fact that it's become such a commercial success is also interesting and weird to you. And it, like I say, um, this is even tough for me to get out right now. It's become more personal to me because uh, recently this year, even my mother passed away. I'm so sorry. Yeah, man. And so it just, because it's such a book about life and death and the whole everything's going to be okay motif of it all it's like it's something that you know i heard so much after her passing like everything's going to be okay everything's going to be okay and i was like oh it started you know i saw the book in a completely different way and so i wanted to know like what what made i mean not what was the inspiration but kind of what was the inspiration what led to because it's it's a book about life and death but it's also a book about gods and 90 years and magic and music and all these other things but like i said once my mom passed i was like oh shit like i felt like i saw where the book came from there or like one of the things that you know it
4: came from yeah yeah, yeah. i can definitely it's like i haven't said this yet so i'm gonna like i've sort of been i'm not actually i don't think i've said this yet i sound myself aware of especially like when i started the book quite early there's stuff i just don't remember from that year you know, yeah. that's the thing about, like, Greek, as in, like, you kind of, you're in survival mode, and yeah. there's lots of things from that year I explicitly don't remember. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, I mean, and so, like, the, the moment, it just sort of was an idea that came, and it was about, like, it was very, I remember I had the idea, it was, like, 12 gods, you know, gods, real coniting, dying, living for two years. Um, I told Chrissy that, and she was like, you're not allowed to have any more ideas for another week. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in terms of like, here and sort of being grim. Well, that's not—that's not true. That's not what she meant at all. But it was that you know she was concerned. Concerned, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Um, so like all me thinking about like you know the heart of wicked was in which case why do anything? Why his life is quite short? Why do anything? Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things that haunt, as you say, the phrase is going to be okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
4: and there is um, the last thing I remember my dad saying to me. Oh. Uh, you know what I mean? And it's weird because it's like the last... I don't actually remember what the last thing he said was, but I was like helping him back from the from the toilet because, you know, in the end, he was sort of very hard to walk. And, it's, and he said, you know, son, I know, I know this is stupid, but I just can't help thinking it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I just started like, screaming. Mm-hmm. And that kind of... No, no, Dad, it's, it really isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like... You see that with Laura and um, Lucy an issue four.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And that kind of original sort of primal scream of it. And a lot of like is basically me unpicking the word okay. I mean it's kind of by the time we call the last arc okay in quotation marks mm-hmm. like actually unpacking when people say that what are we really talking about mm-hmm. I mean what ways and what ways are we gonna be okay in a world we're all dead as quickly as we are so that kind of like is you know that floating around the question of like what what that how on earth I managed to come to piece with that sentence is the thing that runs through like with um and also at the start I had no idea.
3: Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Wikdiv is a process of, like, therapy and thinking about it. This is, like, what I was saying earlier. I I know the landmarks, but in terms of specific bits of execution, it's that you've got to spend thinking about it. And kind of, like, all the great Vertigo books, which is my – I call Vertigo books, and they're really, like, Vertigo model books. um, They're about a theme or something that interests the creators, and they're aware that they're going to change over those five years. Mm -hmm. So the idea is I've got to be big enough to support their writers' interests. So in the case of, like, Wikdiv, I was like, okay, we can do all of human history, I mean, you, when you're talking about art, in many ways, we've got these complicated people we're going to explore, um, and we know the backbone of each of them, and like these kind of questions and these, and this emotionally raw stuff for me, I'm going to write around it until I can understand it, um, and then through the characters, I will come to, I will eventually come to some kind of like um, happiness. I mean, this is the thing: is like people talk about Wicked being a depressing book, and it in many ways, it's, um, but there's a like, if, if the question is why, what's the point of being an artist? Um, I have to have at least some kind of positive answer, you know? Cause if not, why am I doing it and be, why am I alive? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so like for all the dark, for me, it's like life is really very, very hard in many ways. Um, and how we endure it. Um, I think that's beautiful. You know what I mean? That's the, that's to me is like part of it all. And I'm definitely getting choked up now. <laughs> oh man. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. For you. Like this is like, I say, it's so hard. And especially at the time when it's early loss, there is, um, there's all, all sorts of feelings there and everything like, it becomes very sharp and hard and um, so sorry you're going through here, man?
0: oh man no thank you and yeah i know you understand it and it is like uh, i probably won't remember half of this interview you know a year from now because it it is like that where everything is just a blur sometimes and mm-hmm. you go through these moments where you're like where you say everything's going to be okay and like i heard that so many times and then one of the things like that with div even for me when i was reading it even like before my mother passed i loved it so much And I was so worried that it wasn't going to have a hopeful ending. I think, I remember Mm -hmm. I talked to you about this the last time we talked, I was like, yo, is there any hope? You know, all of them are going to die in two years. You know, what's going on? And it would stress me because I felt like, you know, because of this book was so close to me, I wanted it to have, you know, the same feelings that I have where I'm like, there's got to be hope. You know, at the end of the day, you have to have hope and belief that there's more and that there's you know, good of doing all this. So, mm. you know, I haven't seen the ending yet. I don't know the ending. The arc that is going on now has been so, you know, helpful and redeeming to me, even through all this stuff that I'm going through and re like mm. rereading it for this interview and stuff has been, you know, very helpful and very therapeutic for me as well. So thank you mm. for putting it, you know, into the world.
4: Thank you. I mean, also there's some really, there's stuff, which there's some really hard stuff before, before the end, but at the same time, there's some bit of sweet stuff as well. Mm. Like, I, I, I'm a I'm a pretty dour person, and I can't you know because for me it's like at the as much yes, said I'm a puppy dog, but I'm very aware that the, the, you know life is very short, and that mm-hmm. kind of that fundamental sadness that underlines even the happy stuff means I have trouble getting above bittersweet.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you know, as in like you know um, that that's for me is the that that's squaring those things because if I go too happy, I almost like betray the things which are underlying it, so it's one of those things that you know I just say there's some people who say it's going to be okay. And it's just to avoid thinking about it, <laughs> you
3: know?
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like, and it's, and it's really hard when someone goes, because it's like, you, you have nothing makes, nothing can be helpful. Mm. Um, like that's me. It's like, what is too happy? What is too sad? Cause also I'm not in there. You know, I'm not a nihilist, you know, I'm not, um, uh, finding a way through that is, is very much the key for me. Don't mm. know, anyway, Yeah. So,
2: okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna br- I'm gonna bring it up a little bit here, um, the, and I can relate to this also, but I'm not gonna contribute because then I know we'll all be down here wallowing and crying. And there's still day. more of that later, anyway. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but one thing I will like to connect to this is so much of, and so many people relate to your fantasy stories because they're written so real, and there's so much of reality put into them. And I'm wondering, it's funny so much, there's a lot of discussion about like, I don't understand how to make, you know, quit making uh, diversity in comics and making things more diverse and more characters, more diverse. I'm wondering, is it because you got into comics late that you are just making comics based on what's around you? <laughs> or is it, or is it, did you go out of your way to say, okay, I'm definitely going to have, you know, characters like Erder, characters like Miss America, and, and Laura, you know, Persephone, it could have been anybody, but, you know, you chose to put her and Laura um and thank you I, I use that comment. I use I use Wictivev I use actually most of your stuff whenever people are yelling about like oh I don't understand why we need to see you know prove to me how we can make things more diverse and not ruin a story I'm like read anything Karen Gillen's ever written
4: God, that makes me so angry it's like uh, why okay, part, I think both those answers are true Like, you know uh, in terms of like why we do it it's partially you come through a bit later. Uh, me and Jamie both come from non-comics backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So sort the of words, the feel, you know, especially music, uh, you know, those doing comics that speak to the aesthetics where of the world we come from is true. That's definitely there. And like, and also the idea that comics don't have to be the thing that comics presently are. That's definitely true. At the same time, um, there is... I mean, I'm quite... A, I, I'm quite a big believer I mean the the actual representation is good because it allows people to see be represented is an argument I, I still agree with. But I am a big believer in the representation is good because the world is diverse. You know, and that's the way know,
2: the planet looks. <laughs>
4: exactly. If, if the you know if the art our culture create is not as diverse as the world we are in, the art is failing, you know? That's the that's that's the heart of it for me. And like I know what can be all things. But like for me and Jamie, especially with Wicked, it was like, OK, we're making a new mythology. We're doing it in 2014. Let's make it look like London. You know, this is like this is just London. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's this exactly is a, what know. I thought
2: that I, I was yeah. wondering when that you said you mentioned a pub earlier. Were you sitting in a pub and looking around and being like, hmm, OK, I could see all the different characters and all these different architects has just walk through this door?
4: <laughs> well i'm far too old to actually go to those pubs now but, <laughs> but abstractly i could i
3: mean
2: it's
4: a bit like I'm laura, i live i'm a south london i live in south london and laura is just me thinking like south london girl, girl from around new cross mm. that's the kind of like when i'm going through there that's 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 what i was thinking in that way as in like and if especially it's the area i'm growing up why i would like there to be a character that looks like a girl from my neighborhood <laughs> you know yeah uh, that was that was the heart of laura really um and that kind of so the girl on the bus was my sentence in my head in terms of like because my favorite bits of Laura kind of her like dr- walking around the neighborhood, kind of like you know trying to get a dr- you know trying to find drinks or walking over the hills or like trying to get a night bus somewhere. You know, what I mean that really like oh that that's just life, you know, um, that's just getting around. So yeah, there is a bit like that. Um, so like as you say, there's there's multiple reasons to do it, and especially like yeah, no, I think that's right. And there are just multiple reasons to do it, and some of it is just the, the formalist as "And this is this is the world in. and in fact the flip is something like Die which is um, like I mean Die is significantly quite is it I mean it's not that you can't do it mathematically I think it's the problem I, I always feel like Die is like a less diverse book than Wicked, but you know that's partially because you know Die is set in Stafford but you know in terms of like um, but still like you know uh, a third of the cast of people of colour you know, like, so that's still like, you know. But it was at the same time since I was staying in Stafford at circa ninety one. There were much the limitations were much harder because it's like how white Stafford was. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so balancing that is kind of like important as well. I mean, like, but I kind of look at culture. And I think there should be more stories um, from more places. I guess. I mean, that's so, that's just a banal thing to say. I just feel like <laughs> the idea that that's you know what I mean. The only thing that is in some way a controversial statement. Yeah. Right. Like,
2: oh, you're, you're <laughs> trying to make me believe something I don't believe. It's like, that. what are you saying? You don't believe in people? Like, you don't believe in humans? Like, yeah. And, and, and yeah, it's very bizarre. I thought, I, I'm, I'm. thank you for answering that because I thought, I said, I really have a strong feeling that he's writing the England that he sees every day.
4: Mm. Yeah, that's like, There's definitely, like, there's a reason why I set stuff in England, especially the stuff which is more personal. And that I can like write to society slightly better, you know what I mean? I mean just because I move through some of it, not like you know, not by actually you know have any every one for one experience of, it, of all the characters in the book, but like I'm a bit more aware of like the social wars. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always kind of when I'm writing realistic mode in America, I'm aware I'm writing less realistic, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm slightly, I mean, I've lived in America for a year, but only like not really like particularly exposed to stuff. And like, I'm, I'm writing one removed, which is okay if you're writing the same form of like American. Like more like action comic sort of stuff if in the, if you're watching something a little bit more grounded, I'm twitchy over my distance. Yeah, Al- you know? Alex
2: uh, Alex Packendale told me something similar about Frendo. He's like, I'm not from LA, but this is what I think LA is. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's tricky
4: in that way. I was gonna say something else about um No, it's gone. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll come back to
0: it. Okay. Um
4: like what one
0: thing I wanted to ask you about with uh well this goes to um die and all your boats, but basically with Die. The one thing that really got me instantly was Matt because oh, yeah. I was Matt growing up. Like I was the one I had basically two groups of friends. I grew up in Houston, Texas, and Houston back then was very segregated, uh, still is for the most part. So I grew up with a bunch of black friends who lived in my neighborhood, and then I was bused to school with a bunch of you know very diverse student body. And that's where the kids. I played role playing games, Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, everything. We played. You know, we were those elitist, snobby sixteen year olds who were like, "Uh, "We're better than all these games." By that point, and (laughs) but I was the Matt. And so, one question I have is like, Matt, like Dominic in the world, sees himself as um, Ash as a woman, but Matt Mm -hmm. still sees himself as a black man. Is there a reason for that, or is that just Matt? Who that's his identity
4: yeah i think ash is an exception in that way ash is like the only person who really ex- explores like um basing themselves I think, I think especially like that kind of like early RPGs, like 15 16 mm-hmm. they don't often play with people who are much different to themselves mm-hmm. you know what I mean? um there was a part and a part because ash is like ash is very into exploring the, like different parts of her in that way um yeah that was basically my kind of thought um so I'm just I'm just chewing this over actually because I say obviously Matt, since Ash is the only one and Matt is isn't and like Matt's um, for me as I wanted like the stuff I was digging into Matt the core is you know the grief night of him digging into the, his kind of like his his, his various alienations there
3: mm-hmm.
4: um, he's been through so much all yeah. oh, Matt it's like honestly like Matt's <laughs> the one is like oh god I just issue it, eight's the Matt issue um, as in like the second arc it's kind of main it's not just the character-focused issue, but like each issue is the backbone of one of the characters. An issue eight is Matt's, uh, which is like you know, they're all hard going. <laughs> I'm probably not ready for that.
2: Yeah, no, I, actually, I would tell you before because you haven't read eight yet, right? Oh, no, I've read all. Of oh, the, you have? Okay. Yeah, I'm
0: all, no, I'm up. No, because even rereading it again for this interview, when I got to Matt and I'm like, oh, Matt's mother just passed. I'm like, oh, that. Yeah, same same, 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 same. Stains like, oh yeah, this is me. Like, this is really me. And but like, and I then said, his
2: daughter and yeah, oh.
0: and I'm like that. That was, but that's how I felt so close to Matt already because, you know, not only with the mother and everything, just how he is the one. And when I was role playing as a kid, a lot of times I wouldn't imagine my character as black because mm-hmm. I didn't see black characters in Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. in the art, in the film, you mm-hmm. know, limited amount of films at the time, whatever, you know, I think they're that terrible. Well, they did have Marlon Wayans in that Dungeons and Dragons movie, but less said about that, the better. Yeah, and, and
3: we're
2: not going to talk about yeah, that one. And
0: so I did, you know, I would imagine my character, I, because I was also a huge Dragonlance fan. So all my characters, <laughs> take- look, yeah, all my characters look like Raceland. Or um, Caramon, like that was it. That was all I had, you know, those two. And then there's a ranger in Dragonlance. I always wanted to be him too. So that was, those are my characters.
4: Raicelyn and uh, Caramon is basically me and my brother. Mm. Uh, Me as Raicelyn. Yeah. Uh,
3: (laughs) That's
4: funny. My brother looks very much like me, except he's like six inches taller. And clearly was dead at some point. Uh, (laughs) Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> people orientating themselves based upon the stuff see in fiction is really interesting that way As mm-hmm. in like, I think like just for the story building the fact I was like uh, by putting focus on Ash I made everyone else keep close close to the, the like their real world selves at least partially having it close to the real world selves allowed it to ground it a bit more in terms of like oh we know this person is this person and you can sort of see the connections between the people more when we do the flashbacks and it puts different focus, but definitely I like, I see, like, you know, you make a, that's a really good alternate kind of take on it. I can see that. Absolutely. Mm.
2: Yeah. There, there's so much in this book that is weaponized grief. Mm. <laughs> it's like weapon, but Matt so much, it, it feels, I felt I had the same reaction. He embodied literally he's, he is a weapon that has been forged out of grief and pain. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really profound.
4: Thank you. Honestly, it's like the emotion nights as the you know, there's a whole meta structure for like the eight different kind of nights, mm-hmm. but the idea of like being at this you know, boy, you know, this boy who was depressed, you know, and he found a place where his depression made him powerful. And now of course he's actually, he's, he's, he's got his life. He fixed. it's, ha- you know, he's got a pretty happy life. And being forced to essentially be dragged back to a place. He has to sort of confront that old trauma and actually start, you know like that, I'm not that guy anymore like, that's kind of like the thing I was thinking I mean the thing with Matt all the cast I mean they're not inspired by anyone I know one for one but I think about a lot of people I've known and like different people who, who have been different people at different stages at different points of their life and little moments like I mean there's definitely Matt has like, one of my more depressed teenage friends there's definitely some of that in Matt like especially because also how happy he is now you know what I mean? Like how how bad he was then and how actually his life turned around in that way. Um, you yeah, know, that, that's definitely one of the things. So the only thing I like about being older, is, okay, that's not quite true. <laughs> one, the main thing I like about being older is perspective. And when people say perspective, like, especially when I thought about it, when people said that when I was younger, I just thought, oh, you're so patronising, just get out of it. But the whole what I mean by perspective is having the experience of living at different points at different stages and having now all those perspectives are still with me so the idea it's like I've moved around more and therefore can triangulate something and I've seen it from different times in different spaces mm-hmm. and it's a very different experience and as a writer it's really useful in that kind of way um, and like die is definitely a thing born of perspective I mean the whole concept of like we'll use them as 16 year olds we'll do them at like 40 to 43 year olds um you know, and we'll also do, like, flashbacks to the periods in between. It's a way of exploring, like, life. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing about Wicked it's such compressed to two years. So this is, like, a very tight idea of, like, what life could be. Whilst Dyer's this this grander ability to, like, look at these complicated characters and change the perspective on them for the years. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm you know, I'm drawing it's the wrong word, but I find it very satisfying.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely fa- fascinating. In the commentary that you're also saying, it's, I, I think of shows and things like Critical Role and things like that, that are these adults playing this role-playing game, but from a different perspective. Um, what was more difficult for you, creating the Die RPG? Or that <laughs> one issue, uh, 36, I believe it was, of wictiv that we talked about with the 6,000 years <laughs> that you said affected the entire process of uh, creating wictiv
4: Hardness is a difficult concept, because like, things are hard in different ways. That's the thing that like, people ask me about, it. is it easy to do a creator own book or a work-for-hire book? And sometimes the answer is just one or the other. But sometimes it's just like, are we, they're very much, what are the tasks? Um, the IRPG, in terms of pure physical work, was more work than that issue. Like, The, you know, the RPG is like, in terms of, we've released like 70,000 words of it, I think. So sort in other of words, it's a small novel. So was a small novel is probably more work than any single issue, especially because it involves playtesting it. And I've ran the game like 13, 14 times so far. Nice. So, and, you know, you know, like I've done, and i have quote unquote taken it seriously. So it was, that's harder. You would say, mm-hmm. that's the wrong word. It's more work is probably the best way of putting it. But it was actually quite, since it's something entirely new and relatively unpressured, it was actually quite pleasurable. In that kind of like, this is like, this is a giggle. This is me basically running off and running through the fields and laughing. <laughs> Whilst um, during that issue, like 36, was like, okay, let's look at all of human culture. And it's really high stress in terms of like, okay, we can't do this perfectly. Like, okay, what every we can choose one thing every 90 years. Where do we choose? What do we have reference for? What are we missing out? What, way, what can we modify? What are we actually saying through the choices? What are we not saying? So like, it's very high stress it's also high stress at every level because you do all the research mm-hmm. and it's high stress um, so like there's a lot of really intense weird work and for Jamie it was nightmarish as well and for Matt as well um, see what I mean like they, that is a very unpleasurable form of work I guess is the way of putting it but it's also felt really worthwhile like in terms of oh well we did that
2: you did and, the same, like, and they're both like, epic
4: they're both epic for but, two completely different yeah. reasons well you're free of die in fact that's probably like compare that to a lot of like the wicked specials pretty much there's like a year's worth of reading in all those and i don't mean like solid reading but like for the uh, i how many books do i read for the tolkien one mm. I, I would have to count I'm, I'm trying to count around the room <laughs> <laughs> He's Getting on less than 10 but more than five okay you know probably but still maybe even more than that um you know what I mean? So, like, I'm quite attracted to work. and This is the thing that bugs me as a, write, a writer. As in a, I'm not... There are definitely people I know who are just happily throw themselves into a project. And I'm like, no, I've got to do the work. Like, <laughs> for some reason, that's. I'm not sure if that's born of my insecurity. Um, or that's born... I'm not. You know, but it's definitely born for, I'm going to take it seriously. You can imagine me being... Um, I remember the first thing Garth Ennis said to me after being introduced, after he'd heard about the Uber Bible for that. <laughs> just, oh, you, you're a bit keen, aren't you? As said, like, <laughs> as said in the phrase, like it's like you're, you're a swat, aren't you? <laughs> like, you think, think you're smart. Better, yeah, <laughs> you know? uh,
0: That's probably like the best uh, compliment Ennis is going to give out too. Like
4: <laughs> it's like because he tilts his head as well. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing, you, you fool? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, think, I must like it. The thing is, I must like it because otherwise I wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on some level, I must find this satisfying.
2: But also, everybody else does because look at how many people are into both books. I mean, look, the Wicked fan- fandom alone. I mm. mean, and I heard about the fa- the fans that made the magazine that's supposed to be inside the world of Wicked like, so Oh my God. <laughs> yeah.
4: I was showing that like, I was showing that to some friends at um we had, like friends of some like fellow creators at um New York, and I, I got a copy of that and I showed that and it was like genuinely jaws dropped in the idea of oh yeah, an entire book of in universe documents, and by which listeners, by which I mean um like not just like newspaper articles, but and across the Wikipedia timeline, they're also like, like they do they do like fake Reddit threads, they do like fake um. Instant message logs, fake academic papers, within
2: the porch. world of Wikipedia.
4: I haven't even seen this. Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah. Oh it's called God. Iconic. You can uh, Google it. It's called Iconic. There's a free PDF download. Oh, it's on, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. it
2: and it's, so it's literally like if somebody had newspaper, magazine mm-hmm. articles interviewing mm-hmm. people that ha- it's it's fantastic. So you so that must make you so float. You must be like crazy my crazy fans are him. better than
4: yours. Like <laughs> 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 I really like. The, like they're so engaged and they're so smart that like it's proud is awful because it like that makes me but that's absolutely the sort of fans i would like you know what i mean like so much about wikdiv especially is like please do stuff you know wikdiv is absolutely saying okay this is basically the upside and the downside of being an artist but like you might but for some of you this is actually what you want you know what i mean Like i don't like there's not, that thing about wikdiv it is much like both sides of being a creator um but they're kind of me, oh, yeah, I think this is a worthwhile way to spend my life. Um, and for some of you, you know, it will, you will too. Um, and that's kind of right at the heart of it. So when I see like Wikidiv creator, you know, people who read Wikidiv doing their own stuff and actually using, doing their own Wikidivs, and then going on from their Wikidiv fan works to doing their own things, I find that incredibly powerful. Mm. You know, and I love seeing that. Um, yeah, yeah. So my favorite bit, and I, that's probably not true. The one that makes me most laugh, just as conceptual level, is someone, the, the fake 4chan pred, as if they kind of fake like what a load of four people be saying about baphomet's abs yeah uh, it's, it's, like, it,
2: they cover i don't even it's you gotta see it yeah it's just mind-boggling
4: no, i've got to see this um it's, a, the funniest thing that they do something i always wanted to do and they do it better than we did in that, um they start like before the hat before they come back so they actually do like interstitials like we do in the comic mm-hmm. uh, with each thought arriving but they do like a big special effect going off their icon and we do a little bit of that, but they go for it. Mm. And, like, some of them are like, oh, man, I wish we did this. This is so much clearly better than what we did. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: um, speaking on that, like, the, you talk about your process a lot, you know, in the back matter of all your books and everything and on your blog. And I love it, and thank you for doing that. But where does, like, like okay, let's say something like with Div. Like, you have this – what comes first? Like, not not in terms of chicken or egg, but do you say, okay, I, have, I want to talk about being a creator and all the good and bad that can come with being a creator or is it God's 90 years, da-da-da-da-da? Like, which, and, you know, which of these comes first or how do you put them together to make, you know, the series or the idea?
4: Um, <laughs> it's tricky. As you, as you know this, but, like, in the case of, like, there's a moment of, like, the, the, the novum, I believe, is the phrase. As in the, the smallest, the, the novel idea. And in the case of Wake Devitt's idea, God's reincarnating every 90 years. And then instantly you go, it's about art. It's about, you know, as in the second, the idea is implicit in the stories you can tell in the novum. But, you know what I mean? And then, it's like, whatever you've happened first then expands out from there because the idea you've had it suggests other things. In the same way, it's like a jigsaw. Like, you've got a jigsaw piece and instantly you think about, okay, the next jigsaw piece here would have to be this. And that's like, and then you assemble it from those pieces. And, occasionally, and the thing is, anything could be that first like thing that forms the structure. I mean, occasionally you have an idea of, like, I want to do a comic, which is a weird, like, the, me and Jane have always wanted to do a point of view comic. You know, and we'd never go around to doing that. But you know what I mean? I said, but then a story would add to that. And so occasionally the ideas come first, and then, you know, and yeah. then the themes, and then occasionally different bits and pieces, and it all kind of come. Quite often, like, I think I quite regular, I mean, I know some people start with characters, and I've never done that. And that's just not how I work. I've always got like the concept, mm. and it's, then it's like, how? What is the specific execution? Of the con- in case of wikdiv, it's um, you know, God's inclined every t- ninety years um, uh, live for two years. And then immediately it's about art, oh, death, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like group of like te- group of middle-aged people are dragged back to their fat teenage fantasy world. Uh a device immediately used that to, to examine teenage dreams versus adult realities, but instantly the characters start appearing. There. Uh, and, and the characters started appearing a little bit later in *Wicked*. There's a lot more there's a bit more conceptual stuff before like Laura or any other cast. Actually, Lucifer and Laura emerged very quickly, so did Anank and Minerva. But like other ones took quite a lot. In fact, like, especially when the cast is we decided it'd be 12 and plus an extra. Um, <laughs> we, um, but it took quite a while to actually fill the whole cast list. Um, and there was definitely a moment when I was thinking that all, I think the first seven, were, were, first seven were women. Like I didn't have a male character until like then. And I actually was thinking, it? Well, maybe they're all women that, you know, in, because the characters were coming to me and thinking about areas I wanted to explore. And then I think Baphomet came and then Bowl appeared shortly after that. um, so that then it was like, oh no, we, we actually do have some men, you know, but that kind of just cheering and seeing what is there.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and didn't die was much like the characters were like different themes I thought were interesting and contrasting. Um, and like Free was the conceptual end, it was like 300, uh, free Helot slaves on the run from 300 uh, Spartans in version of Thermopylae. You know, and then everything else was built off that. Um, and weirdly, like Once in Future, which is like my, um, what I'm doing for boom next that has, I can't tell you the high concept. Uh, yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's the twist and issue too. <laughs> but, um, uh, like it was actually the twist and issue one is really as well. Uh, but like I had the kind of the core cool, what I think is the interesting thing in the book. And then, and like, then it was like, okay, who are the monster hunters? Mm. Like the actual, the core cool idea was who the monster was and how the monsters work. Um, and then it was like, okay, I need like a monster hunter. So it's so like Indiana Jones. And it led me to the, cause I always, but I found myself thinking like, I wanted to write something about my relationship with my gran. Um, like and I've never really written about my grandmother before or like n- not exactly my grandmother but that kind of that relationship between you know teenage 20 something boy much older grandmother and I thought that was something which we don't often see in fiction uh, and I always kind of want to do that and then I, I thought okay that might be an interesting team as in she's the retired monster hunter he knows nothing about it that's a fun dynamic mm. and you know that, you know what I mean so it's, so it's not even just it's an idea you've had earlier. And then you think, oh, that idea, if you thought I can use that over here. Um ah. it's, it's a bit like being like Frankenstein and having a, a house full of, like, uh, body parts. <laughs> and you sort of think, ooh, which body parts might be most appropriate to here? Because I think, I see all the time, like, stuff from pictures I sent out back in the noughties, like, elements of them being pulled out again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, um, there were Dionysius and Wyctiv, the living dance floor. Um, There was a thing I pitched at Vertigo, which was basically um, Akira meets 24-hour party people. Mm. Uh, So the idea of a psychic uh, species emerging in Manchester circa 89 uh, and doing that, like, you know, the hive mind dance floor. Basically, obviously, a metaphor for E and, you know, (laughs) all that kind of stuff. Um, And, of course, that idea never went anywhere and then finds itself into Wicton. But, yeah, that's basically how I operate
0: <laughs> That's um it's so funny too because like uh you know I've been I've been writing all my life obviously but once I be you know really I guess made the professional leap it became the same way we're now in my brain and on my walls and just everywhere I just have like random ideas that you know like you said you're Frankenstein this idea and then this one'll come together and then it'll form something new it you didn't start with, but that's how, you know, it just, you just leave, you just hold on to these little bits and pieces until they are useful.
4: Mm. It's like, that is a definitely, so this comes back for me being the plumb you know, the, the plumbing metaphor, you know, the you know the magic is the core idea and yeah. occasionally, you know, the inspiration is, the, is like the magic of it all, yeah. but then the building on the magic is very much like a practical thing in terms of like, okay, we, we need someone to this story to be about. I mean, I told you the, um, I, pro- I might have told you this before, but, I was developing something for Stephanie before Die. If mm. I was developing two things for her before Die, mm. um, and I was working and I built a lot of world building, you know, and I had a re- I've got a pretty strong concept for this story and it's been around for a while, and I was it's just not working for some reason, mm-hmm. and like, I'm doing a lot of work but not anything that matters. Um, and then I was on the panel with, um, uh, oh my God, Marjorie Lowe. of course Marjorie Lowe. and she was talking about how hard it was making monstrous for ages, mm-hmm. and then she realised. I, I don't have a character to see this world through. Like she needed a, she didn't have a, and I paraphrase her, take down, she, need, she had a middle earth, she didn't have a Frodo. Mm. Mm, just... um, and so that's why she had to immediately dig hard into the character and then she could work out what the story was. And that's kind of that, that is um, the practical, you know, I mean, these are all practical plumbing things. Okay, what's the actual viewpoint for this world? And I had that in, um, and that was my problem. The border with developing was basically an RPG source book, you know? Uh, I, didn't have a, I didn't have a Frodo. And the thing about Dying, when I instantly had that idea, like weirdly, I think the next day from that conversation, um, you know, with that immediately, I had a character I wanted to, well, I had two characters instantly, which were Ash and Salt, um, and then the other ones followed quite quickly. So I instantly then had a perspective to go through the world, which meant that, you know, my usual world building nonsense was was tamed slightly because I had people involved in it.
0: Um, Okay, one last one before we get to the BRAP segment or rapid fire stuff. Um, how much am I seeing things when it comes to Wicked and Divine? How, like, the one, two, three, four is obviously apparent, but was it planned out that like issues 12, 33, and it would end on 45? Is that all DJ and stuff, or am I just seeing things?
4: Yeah, it was like, like was it, issues 11, 22, 33, and 44 are like yeah. the big ones. Yeah. Um, like, no. Nah, I mean, I've tried this. There's two tapes on this. Like, okay, imagine, like, play which one amuses you. Tape one is, of course, it was all planned. <laughs> <laughs> and you smile enigmatically. Yeah. Um, Tape two is, nah. Uh, <laughs>
2: we were making plus. that
4: up. <laughs> you know, but you know, but the natural structure and like, I when you basically say, okay, five issue arc and maybe a six issue arc, you know, that basically, I will when you've decided that's going to happen. And you also decide there's going to be four years to the book years in quotation marks.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, that means that at the end of you know, if each issue is ele- if if each year is eleven issues long, that's naturally going to hit that. Mm-hmm. So it emerges logically from the structure we've built into it. Because the one, two, three, four is definitely there, but the yeah. one, three, year one, year two, year three, year four, mm. and just by the fact we chose eleven issues for a year mm. leads to. The, you know, the very cool eleven, twenty-two, thirty-three, forty-four of it all, mm. um, which is magical and cool. But also, like, like the I think in some ways the emergence of it makes it interesting as well. The mm. idea that you know, things that just kind of come up from the uh, the thing you're doing,
0: just like the like the happy magic that just because you're creating something that has something to do with music so much and everything, it just all kind of just forms out of it. Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. It's almost like you're creating your own haiku a little bit because you have mm. your, th- these are the structures, these are the this is the framework it needs to you know end up in.
4: Yeah, I would I, agree with that. In fact, the second you start doing the structure, uh, things emerge from the structure. You know what I mean? As in, like, especially you know, as you say, the music metaphor is like pretty strong, especially the way we do comics.
0: Mm-hmm. And then it was uh, interesting when I was uh, putting my friend onto it. He's another musician. My friend, uh, Young Guru. He's like. Big time, and he was like, Oh shit, it's you know, because he's a DJ as well, so he was like, Oh, 33, you know, all that. And then he was like, But look, it's one, two, three, four, and then 45 is it. So it's one, two, three, four, five. Like, you yeah. know, as it moves on to the Nets, you know. Yeah,
4: that's uh, cool. No, that's, that's right. And it's like, I do like it. I like it ends on like, I I can't believe I didn't think about the 45 until now. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep, yeah of course. Like, it's a 45 record. What yeah, right, 33,
0: 45. Yeah, see, that that was me. And I was like, okay, this motherfucker again.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like... There's some cool
0: shit. <laughs> All right, well, you have survived the interview segment, but it's now time for the BRAP segment, our rapid fire questions. Excellent. All right. You
2: ready? To take a sip of tea. Yep.
0: you <laughs>
4: I will, actually. <laughs> you can Thank stick you. your pinky finger out <laughs> yeah. while you do it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, sorry, it's a big Superman mug. It's not, if you're thinking about like me as an Englishman drinking a <laughs> plain cup of tea, no, no, this is a builder's mug. Right?
2: <laughs> this is a builder's it's, mug uh, yeah. with Earl Grey in it. Yes. So. <laughs> is-
4: I, don't, I hate i sorry, I've got very, like, uh, plain tastes in tea. I like very much basic tea. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: as long as it's not Lipton that stuff is like
4: <laughs>
0: there's a
2: law against drinking that beer yeah. <laughs>
0: that stuff is ooh. all right uh, for our Brad Simmons number one we have Falcon or War Machine oh wow uh, mm-hmm.
4: that's hard actually
2: <laughs> no it's not I, I didn't exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna go for
4: Falcon actually Okay. Like, and I'm not sure if it's only because I don't think I've written Falcon, and, like, and I have written Wall Machine, so it's I like, would like you know that kind of you what, what you haven't written yet. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> have I written Wall Machine? I think I have. Yeah, I have. <laughs>
3: okay. All
4: right.
2: Uh, Luke Cage or Black Panther?
3: God. <laughs> <laughs> Man.
2: That's his answer.
4: I'll tell you my actual heart, my head says Black Panther, my heart says Luke Cage. Mm. It's, like, I, like, it's, it's weird, I just like, I really, I think Luke Cage was like the heart of like Marvel across the noughties. You know, like the kind of, I think that was the emotional backbone in that period. Mm-hmm. But Black Panther is like, he's a character who's, um, I love, I, I love, I like, you know, I'm a big, I, I really like Namor, and the Namor Black Panther, the Namor Black Panther, uh, Doctor Doom. You know, yeah. I, I love the level he operates on. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Uh, so it's like my, my heart. I my
0: heart says Cage, my head says Black Panther. Mm. That that's another guy I've I've been. Work, I would love to have on here is Hickman and that motherfucker when he did <laughs> Black Panther and Namor uh, uh, and Doom. Like Doom is no man's second choice. Is one of my favorite like just lines in comics of all time. <laughs> like. I just,
4: I love Doom being a little bit hissy. Yes. <laughs> <going> yes. On. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you went to the <laughs> other guy first, like, I'm Dr. <laughs> Doom, dude. Like, <laughs> He's got, his ego is my favorite thing about him. You know, that's, that's like, oh, that's good. I love
0: him. Yeah, Hitman got it. That, that's like you and also when you did Vader and uh, um, all I see, all I smell is fear and Dead Men is like, <laughs> That's one of those, you know, top 10. Right
3: there,
4: right yeah, great Jason Aaron wrote, actually wrote that line, not me. Oh. Aaron, I, always, I always get the credit for <laughs> 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 it's a
0: great Oh, All right. Uh, let's see. Next up, uh, Prince or Michael Jackson? Prince. Of course. Ooh,
2: of course. Yeah. What divine?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's me too. Yeah. <laughs> you were quick with that one. <laughs>
2: yeah. um, the Wire or Breaking Bad?
4: Ooh, wire. Hmm. All right. Good choice. Uh, so I, I like Breaking Bad. I like it less than most people. Ah, interesting. Yeah. There's no, a bit. There's I'm, some. I'm some of the plotting. I just. There's, there's some bits of the plotting. I just think are a little bit like ropey. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Plus the wire. Like, even when the wire's a bit off, there's still like the, the wire has the grandeur to it. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
2: That's good world building, which you're good at,
4: yeah. And exactly, I like, love like the idea of like having the, the story told fractally and like across the on the, the society you level. Know, that's absolutely my jam. I'm you know, I, that's what I'm
3: <laughs>
4: no. I, I'm like, Breaking Bad,
0: the first two seasons to me are kind of like whatever, and then it starts really getting good. But I'm a hater of Walter White, and I think he's one of the worst characters ever. I mean, I think he's great at being one of the worst, but I hate the people uh, humanize him and think he's doing something good. And I think he's just yeah. terrible. And yeah. so, you know, I forget like with that. I think,
4: the, I think generally I, I, I'm basically with you as like, I, I, the not seeing he's a problem is a problem. Yeah, And I think, I think the end of the story, the, I mean, I, I would have never written this because I think, um, I think the audience would have killed me. Uh, but like the, the ending kind of lets him off the hook. Mm, yes. Like, like if like, because the point of Breaking Bad is that, you know, the violence he has actually brought into never actually solves the problem.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> and there's always another guy he's pissed off. So, like, after everything he's done, his family probably should have died still. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like and that, But they didn't want to do – they obviously didn't want to do that because it's like – you know what I mean? That's too far for the audience. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the, the, the logic of the series would kind of take it. I would have accepted the kid just finding out and burning the money.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: You know? Um, anyway, that's my take. No, <laughs> I don't no. It's really a show I love, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely feel you though. All right.
2: Oh, I get another one too. Okay, um, Magneto or Professor X?
4: Ooh, Magneto is much more fun to write. Like, I mean, Magneto is one of my, my favourite characters to write when I was writing kind X Men, and he's got a better outfit. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's just some boring
2: suit. Yeah, no, the helmet is
0: everything. <laughs> Uh, Lex Luthor or Doctor Doom? Doom. Because
4: yeah. yeah. <laughs> of everything we just said. <laughs> right. so, yeah, so Doom is like just like, you know. Lex Luthor is <sighs> a bit. The fact that they've invented Lex Luthor a few times implies he lacks a, a strong enough core. Well, mm. no one really reinvents Doom. Mm. <laughs> you mm. know, Doom is what, rock, rocks in, wearing green, big face mask. It's a classic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Let Varian keeps it moving. Um, Superman or Batman?
4: I think i immediately say Superman actually. Like uh, despite I'm not a huge fan of either which is I know it's like absolutely like mortal sin. Um
2: No, I think there's I think there's a little yeah. bit of fatigue in general of of the those two S. characters. That sounds true.
4: I, I think I object to the fact they are the uh, the gold standard. Mm. I mean, I don't quite buy into the idea that there's something special about either one of them, except historical fluke. Wow! <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> someone had to come first. Wow! And I just, you know, <laughs> I, and that's like that's my that's my obviously that's that's my hot take if I ever wanted to say <laughs> something. <laughs>
0: I feel like I've had that same type of hot take with something else so I can't remember what it is but I, I always have that like oh well they just came first you know and it's like
4: that doesn't make them better you know but people are like well yeah. you know there's <laughs> so, actually a real power to coming first because it means you get first pick of everything you know like Batman gets you know, both of those two characters have basically grabbed a lot of really cool stuff mm. <laughs> um, but you know and there's so sorry, I think there's slightly more good quote unquote Batman stories than there is than um Superman stories. Mm-hmm. Like but like but I'm less interested in Batman now, I think. But even you know, I'm not very interested in Superman. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're both really good. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't kill me, bad yeah. boys.
0: Okay, let's see. Um ooh. Judge Dredd or Judge Judy? <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, yeah! they're both like irresistible forces of the law yes. uh, <laughs> they should team up though oh they? my god yeah That's amazing oh, man. Uh, I would have to say just because because uh, you know uh, what, of it, what of a choice do I have as a, as a man here say
2: the, come on man it's yeah, funny I'll
4: though how I'll little he
0: gets chosen on here
2: yeah. <laughs> there's not there's not enough people for who are British on here this is true yeah <laughs> Um, Peter Parker or Miles Morales?
4: Ooh. the Great Joy Spider Verse proves that we can have both. That's the kind of like, that's one of the great voices
2: Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> but it really is, So It's like, because it's
4: like, it, Spider Verse, it's so good. You know, mm-hmm. it's in like, so good at every level. And it's like, you know, slightly gone to see Peter Parker is amazing. Miles is astounding. Um, God, they, they, I really have trouble picking them, actually. I, mean, I would more likely want to read a Miles comic at the moment but like um but I like, I'm really enjoying what Chip's doing uh, with Life Story as well oh uh, yeah. Okay, uh, okay, yeah. yeah okay I'm going to turn them over <laughs> <laughs> as a kid Spider-Man was one of my favourites but it's when he's a character I don't have any desire to write because I don't think I would, I would do a good job at him you know uh, whether, like I can't in my head see what a Spider-Man story is like you know in, I think that might be there might be a mental block there <laughs> mm. like, like if, you, if I could imagine what I would do with Batman and Superman I don't think I'd be particularly good at either but like in terms of what would I do in this what would I make Spider-Man do my brain kind of goes huh
0: that might be the one then you know eventually you're gonna have to get to that because you know like you say the challenge is there
4: mm-hmm. yeah. i think about the Daredevil it's like crime comic it's like um I've never written a like, Straight, I I did James Bond once, and i huge used to finding a James Bond story was satisfactory for me. Um, But like, you know, I was raised Catholic, so like, there's probably things I surely must have a Daredevil story.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's something in me somewhere that
4: guilt (laughs) has (laughs) to come out. (laughs) (laughs) It's a shameful thing that.
0: That's all Daredevil is. It's like, you know, shame, pain, punishment. I When I was a kid, I couldn't get into it. Like, during those, uh, I think, no the whole Typhoid Mary and all that. And it was like, every issue, this dude just dances his ass, it, And I just could not get into that as a comic book. And I was like, this is not for me. Like, I need somebody <laughs> who wins sometime. Right. Yeah, like, man. Yeah. Okay. So
4: Talking about Chip, he's doing amazing on Daredevil as well. It's
0: really, um, mm. I'm really enjoying it. Okay. Uh, Teen Titans or X-Men?
4: X Men. Weirdly, so in Britain, this isn't quite fair on DC because in Britain there wasn't really easily accessible DC comics where I was growing up. Mm -hmm. I mentioned there was no comic shops, but like they didn't actually do reprints of America of DC comics. Uh, uh, Well, they did do uh, reprints for the British market for Marvel comics. So, like, if you don't live in the big cities as a British creator you probably got much more understanding of Marvel than DC. So, like, my kind of all my kind of childish nostalgia stuff in my head absolutely no dc stuff in there I, I the first dc comic i read was like a collection of death of superman and the second one i read was um kingdom come you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah. so i came in like and then it was don returns uh, So it was i had to basically i've had to learn all the dc stuff basically as someone as late teenager and older whilst the marvel stuff i kind of know genetically you know like even though i don't know the, the full storylines uh, i know like you know i i could name the wrecking crew you know what i mean but i, yeah. I couldn't name the equivalent of the wrecking crew for dc so like yeah. i have
0: to say x-men okay
4: but of course they are better all
0: right one of the big ones mm-hmm. star wars or star
4: trek uh, star wars yes. but... <laughs>
3: Sorry, <that's...
4: Yeah. laughs> has star trek paid my rent
0: oh there you go there you go mic drop
2: (laughs) (laughs) right. um Storm or Misty Night
4: I'll say Storm this is the only way
2: to operate um okay and hmm if you could have any superpower what would it be
4: uh I feel like I'd quite like to be shape-changer, you know? Like, quite like, you know, the um, the idea of just, like, not in a creepy way, but I quite like the idea to just sort of change shape and just, like, you know, to be, more, like, kind of the full, slightly more than the teddy ones are actually proper like, shape-changing, like Mystique. So also, like, actually the- be a puppy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, the idea of be able to do the visual comedy of that, would be fun. <laughs> a lot of it's, like, role-playing is, like, I think my, a lot of my like, role-playing is to be able to, you know, walk, you know, be another person, and pretend to be another person. So I think that's kind of why that appeals to me in my head. I think,
3: mm.
4: uh, or super strong, so I could just punch through walls when I got bored. You could be both. Oh <laughs> um, uh, man, got a super strong shape change. What? That's a, literally a weird set of abilities. Actually, I put them in. Hoop, no? <laughs> super oh. scroll.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You super can be super scroll. You can be Hulkling. You can be. <laughs> uh, yep.
0: Okay. Let's see. What powers would you choose? Oof.
2: Oh me? In a minute, nightcrawler. Nightcrawler in a minute. I just need to be able to leave places quickly.
3: That's, <laughs> that's
2: all I ever want to do. I don't want to travel. I don't want to commute. I just want to bounce. <laughs> it just seems like,
4: like the idea of not being able to teleport just seems rude. You know, it's like how dare you make me walk to the bus stop? Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
2: Like, like, like it, the whole thing of like Jessica Jones using one purple man. He's like, is this how people actually you yeah. have to <laughs> convince people yeah. to do things all the time? Like, how boring is that? <laughs> That I is so to, good. i not walking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Um, what, who was your first geek crush?
4: Ooh. I have, I have one, one come to mind. I have to Google her name. I think Maca, uh, Commander Makara, who is from uh, a TV show. Oh, yes, she's called Commander Makara. She's a TV show which is called uh, Starfleet which was basically a puppet show in the UK. Oh and it, my basically, God. <laughs> and basically, she was the evil lady uh, person who basically hunted down the heroes. Uh, you can Google a picture of her, and she's got an awesome hat, and she has a dude for an eye. <laughs> uh, and, like, like, I have to say, I may have an attraction to people who are banned from me, evidently. I was going to uh, say,
2: I'm seeing a trend here. <laughs>
4: Yeah. But that's the one that's the first one that came to mind. There's probably ones earlier than that. Mine was uh, like dark phoenix.
0: I so I relate to having one that's bad for you.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Oh, what character death what character death hurts you the most?
0: In books, so, movies,
4: the anything. I, the first one I cried as a kid. Uh, um this is the weird. In the in the UK, the Transformer comics were a big deal. Like and For like my generation, of slight I'm probably the oldest of the people who'd be into it. But like, slight, like the five years younger than me, the British Transformers comics, mostly written by um, Simon Furman, were huge. Um, and because basically the American ones weren't quite as good, mm. and so they were being republished in the UK. But we our comics come out weekly, so they had to basically write more comics to fill in the gaps. So Simon was mainly the guy who was writing these comics, and so yeah, the, the unenviable job of basically trying to work out how on earth you could fit stories in but at the same time instead of doing this kind of quite small story he does big sort of space opera about like um, time wars and gods and like all manner of weird stuff um, and we are all into it and there's a character called Impactor Impactor was a character created for the comics who basically led the Autobots SES team and he was just like this wily old kind of, uh, you know he was just like a a big gruff kind of guy was constantly outmaneuvered by the leader of the Cybertronian Autobots anyway he was great and he got shot almost randomly by a complete shithead random Decepticon at the end of this story called uh, Target 2006 the story was introduced and he dies making Ultra Magnus like like kind of the new leader or whatever no Springer was the new leader I apologise and Springer was always guilty about not being as good as uh, Impactor, and he was right you're nowhere near as good as Impactor. (laughs) <laughs> but like, but I caught, you know, he's Basically, he's who uh, British fat people cried over rather than Jean Grey. Because, you know, Jean Grey didn't even have a harpoon for a hand. Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway. Everything. I love that yeah. you're like, you're a rights ringer. You're never going to be as good as
4: a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cried like a baby. You know I mean? but, um, but then a few years later, yeah, there's a story basically do about trans basically do, a, a zombie story but with Transformers so like since Donkey has been at war forever there's a lot of dead Transformers oh god They're right because robots so it's pretty awesome because the great job of doing a robot comic for kids means that you can do much higher level of violence
3: mm-hmm.
4: and like, there's like all well, those bits of robot dra- dra- dragging off them and of course if that was people it would never be allowed anyway impact becomes <laughs> 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 which is amazing so Impactor's like back as a robot and he's fighting Springer. Oh, and like, God. <laughs> and Impactor is the one robot who actually overcomes the device that's right. you know, He actually gains his sentience back. Oh, and like, okay. Kill him. And then he goes and he kills the bad guy. <laughs> goes inside the vault and turns off a machine and he basically has a Spock death so oh. he dies comes back as a zombie overcomes a zombie program and goes back and got- sacrifice himself again he's
0: <laughs> the best <Yo>. god <laughs> terrible uh, like how are you <laughs> I, know- <laughs> I know this is crushing you then like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway
4: where do I get my actual uh, this probably is like a formative influence on my narrative structures <laughs> that
2: <was> just- <laughs> yeah that's my yeah, the right there so basically basically <laughs> <laughs> Impactor is the is basically why you did Laura the way you did. Okay, and so I got I got to watch out
0: for uh, pretty much everybody in these last two issues right. again until yeah. they came back. And now it's like little picture
4: of Impactor. So he looks well cool. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> we were just looking. Yeah. Oh my
0: god! So I got to ask then: How was the the was the Transformers movie over there? Was it the same thing? Because like when I was a kid and I went into that theater.
2: Uh, oh, when they took out
3: everyone. Uh, Fron- well, not everyone. Side, everyone and yeah, Ironhide, yeah. everybody, everybody, and yeah. I, I went in that theater and walked out
4: like, "What the fuck?" Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Rever- was pretty hardcore. Yeah, like, I, um, it, um, I, you,
3: I, I think like
4: I said, I was. It didn't. It definitely upset a lot of people. I must. I think I was weirdly okay with it, and I'm not quite sure why. I think it's possible because I said I was. That also old.
2: explains so much. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. Like, and I think. Because basically, the story I told you basically like, where Impactor first dies was actually the tie into the movie. So, this was happening at the same time. Oh so my God! I, <laughs> spent all my t- I spent all my tears on uh, Impactor. There's <laughs> right? so nothing
2: left for Ironhide, <laughs> nothing yeah. left for Optimus Prime. It's nothing so, like, left.
4: <laughs> It really just go for it that movie. It's, you kind of have to admire it in some
0: ways. I mean, Optimus like rolls over an in Insecticons head and just kills him. You know, and yeah. it's and they don't. It's like, oh, keep it moving. Like, forget about that guy. And I'm sitting. Like I said, I'm sitting. I had that Insecticon toy, so I'm sitting here like, wait, what?
3: <laughs> I
4: I've just messaged you the photo of like Impactor dying.
3: <laughs> oh, God. oh no! I got to see this. <laughs>
4: Oh, my God. All right. That's hardcore.
2: And it's still affecting you.
3: Yeah. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> All right. Well, you have uh, survived the interview segment. You survived the Brad segment. Please let the internets out there know where they can find you at.
4: You could find me. I'm uh, Kieran Gillen, K-I-E-R-O-N-G-I-L-L-E-N on Twitter. I'm also on Tumblr. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. Uh, and I have a, a tiny letter, uh, which is basically my newsletter. That's probably the best thing to sign up because that's I, I'm basically write it once a week. and You get a download of my nonsense, uh, it's, which it's is wonderful,
2: by the way. I'm a subscriber, it's it's wonderful. You. <laughs> You're like, it's it's wonderful when it's working, it's like great. <laughs> that was that's his line on his site. <laughs> it's like...
4: So, you actually go to my shop, there's kierangillen.com, which currently has a real site. Uh, But the site is literally one page of HTML with a click through to my Tumblr and a couple of other lines. It's the most lo-fi site and I just haven't got time, which is how busy I am, to actually make my site anything bearable. Um, uh, So, like, one day I'll learn. All right. Well, thank
0: you for joining us here tonight. And For All Nerds, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more of the show. What's up, y'all? This is your boy DJ Ben Amin. And thank you for listening to The For All Nerds Show. As always, please make sure you go out, subscribe to us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on any platform where you hear all of the great podcasts. Hit that subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment all that good stuff and thank you as always for your support and welcome back to the for all nerds show man once again like i say i gotta thank karen gillen for coming through for that interview like that because Lord
1: jesus
0: yes that is you know something i've been waiting on i've talked to them i've talked to the whole crew behind wicked and divine you can find it on our youtube channel a few times but i really feel like those were all terrible and this is the first time that we really got to sit down where i was really prepared and really got to express myself and like i said it was very personal there was a lot of things said that even after that interview i had to like take a break because like the next day i was a wreck y'all i'm not even gonna lie to you i was like a straight up wreck after that drink because it's so much said and <laughs> it's just a lot of things that are very real to me between his books wicked and divine die even going to phonogram even Mm -hmm. going to young avengers is a book that i always say changed my life and i didn't even get to talk to him about that really how young avengers really changed my life but it's all good because we're going to have karen and matt wilson shout out to him he's their colorist who just won the eisner and jamie mckelvey the artist I mean, who's won too many awards. We're going to have <laughs> all of them back sometime in the next few months whenever Wicked and Divine 45 drops, the final, final issue. because Do I have
1: a Comic-Con?
0: Yeah, it, it probably will be around Comic-Con. He's, I mean, there's going to be a delay before 45 drops. It's going to be a few months at the very least. So, yeah, it might be right around Comic-Con. You know, we have the whole crew back, and it should be something special because Wicked and Divine... As you hear this right now, issue 44 is out. The next to last issue is out. I've already read it. It's fantastic. And we're going to have a lot more to talk about with the whole crew of them once they all get back together and once the series is finished. And I'll mention to them because they've all been working on Young Avengers. since. I mean, they did Young Avengers together, so I can tell them how much that meant. And, you know, this time, Tatiana will be in the spaceship, so, you know
1: that's right
0: yes but shouts to Karen, the blur girl for holding it down with me on that one like i say i hope y'all enjoyed that i know it's a going to be a long episode and that was a long interview but i hope y'all enjoyed it as much as i did let me know in the comments on twitter at you know for all nerds at dj Benameen. i mean let you know hit up karen gillen on twitter you'll see his at you know on our twitter of course and let us all know what you thought of that because that, that one was near and dear to my heart.
1: Thank you, Ben Amin. Appreciate it. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you, Karima.
0: Yes, yes. And now it is time for the Geeklandly Asked Questions. The guac is extra. The guac is extra. You know,
2: How about this? <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm, I'm all out after <laughs> that. I'm, I'm done. The geekily asked you questions, the rest of it. yeah, where we answer any and all questions from our listeners. You can hit us up, contact at forallnerds.com or on our Twitter or Instagram at for And as always, if you're one of our patrons on Patreon.com/slash you can ask anything if you're at that certain tier you know anything 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 is possible if you're a patron over there shout out to all of you thank you so much like we say video all that soon go over to twitch.tv slash for all nerds right now follow us over there Check out the latest video and all the latest videos. But if you check out one, you'll see me and Tatiana in the studio, you know, real quick, you know, testing some things out. So it's a lot, you know, going on right now. And thank you because you're all are a big part of that. But let's get to these questions.
1: The first question comes from E-Fixed on Flix. They write, because I'm seeing some tweets about it on a timeline, who would you like to see write and direct the new Blade movie?
0: Me. Um, no.
1: (laughs) Um. Well, that's real. Put that remember. Yo, that's how uh, so many people got their shot. You put it out in the universe. I
0: wouldn't mind it. That that's a that's a big responsibility though. You know, like yeah, Well, you know. To be your first joint out, to be my first feature oh, yeah. film, you know.
1: <laughs> well, I don't I don't well, actually, know I don't know
0: how long it's going to take for Blade to come out, so that might not be my first feature film. That's you know. Oh, yeah. See? see, that's another see? thing. But
1: so, who would you besides yourself, who would you like to see write and or direct?
0: Uh right away um I want to say, you know, of course, everyone put him out there. Uh, Mr. Twilight Zone, Mr. Us, Jordan Peele. I think that would be ill. I would also say, like I said before, uh, Cassie Lemon. And I was, I'm looking up the name of the director and Julie Dash, who did Daughters yes. of the Dust.
1: Holy crap. I, that's who I was going to say uh, from a woman perspective. I want Julie Dash would be
0: Fire. Fire. Fire, because... Fire, fire, fire. Yeah, I think Julie could bring something like, I'd like to see some history brought to Blade, you know? Because Blade is born... Traditionally, I think he's born of a black woman who's human, and his dad is Dracula, is white. But I'd like to see a flip of that, you know, where there's like a black race of vampires, you know, with a history and what that means to be black, you know, and all and that a and a vampire, you know, when when the people of the sun can't even see the sun. You know, like where it's not even like where Blade is the first daywalker because he's mixed with human, you know, but where the vampires before him are black as well you know but just vampires and they can't right. see the sun so something like that I think you know right away Julie Dash
1: well in the original that. in the original Blade movie it says that his mom Vanessa she was bitten by Deacon Frost while she was pregnant yeah, it's Deacon
0: Frost that's right yeah that's
1: right. such a um, dope name she, she, she died given, well she quote unquote died but she really just turned into a vampire yep. um, her son inherited vampires powers but none of their weaknesses mm-hmm. probably because that melanin slaps too hard
3: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah that's that's how his, his he came about yep. like, according to the movie so
0: yeah so I'd like to see a flip on that where Deacon Frost is played by Wesley Snipes you know bites on um, right. the mom right. You know, and and she was
1: played and she was played like Sana in the movies. Um, in the comics, his mother was a prostitute oh. who was killed by Deacon Frost Jeez. during Eric's birth, <laughs> and she does not become a
3: vampire.
0: Uh, what well, well, that escalated quickly, right?
1: So the movie, the original <laughs> movie, cleaned that up quite well. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> like, I mean she was still you know she, black she still woman. ended up
1: being she still ended up being a villain
0: yeah right? I mean black woman what else are you gonna be you know come on now damn this is Marvel in the 1960s you know yeah I mean come on man this had uh, you, did you know the Falcon was a pimp
3: what
2: <laughs> <laughs> what that might have to be the title
1: <laughs> wait are you dead ass right now what?
0: dead ass right now falcon was a pimp in the 1960s when he first appeared um his name was snap or wilson not sam wilson i think it was snap wilson you know like let me google it, see the i think it's snap wilson falcon right what's his name yep snap wilson and it's a long, convoluted story, but yes, Falcon was a pimp. Hmm.
1: <laughs> you know what? Why this is so hard for me to accept? Because.
0: <sighs> it's so weird, right? Because it's like the same people who made Black Panther, you know, and had this idea of this independent, you know, African nation would also, you know, your mom's a what? prostitute. You
3: know well, every you other know
0: su- every other superhero is their mama prostitute. But you prostitute. know what,
1: S- Stan and them was dropping acid, so whatever. I just it, it's hard for me to accept because I only see Anthony Mackie's face, and I never equate <laughs> Anthony Mackie with the pimp. So every time you say that, I'm just like, what? That doesn't make sense. Oh.
0: Whatever.
1: Okay, pimp it is. Pimp
0: it is. Pimp it, you know, pimp. Yeah, um, so.
1: Pimp. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, next okay.
0: question, I think. I think we've answered that one. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm mean, gonna say anything about writing, but whatever, okay.
0: Julie Dash can do both, and, and i've Jordan too, you know, I'd like to see either their take on it where they can. Ryan both Coogler play.
1: again, maybe? Or should we give somebody else a chance? Yeah, give somebody else a
0: chance. Ryan Kugler got his hands full, you know. Mm. Black Panther 2 is crazy. Oh, that's right.
1: Well, that's right, Black Panther 2 is out. Okay, yeah. anyway. Uh, the next one comes from Statica Shakur. My favorite name, A.K.A. Tuxedo Flask. <clears throat> they write, "Hey there. I've been thinking a lot about how so many shows and books I love encourage their characters to use their abilities for the greater good, but not for personal benefit. Uh, the the TV show Charmed had a whole rule about no personal gain. So, ignoring all of that, I started thinking about other uses my favorite characters' abilities and powers could be used for. For example. I would need Iceman in the summertime so I can send him out to cool off the car. Wow. <laughs> and Pyro for wintertime to heat up. Velma from Scooby-Doo would be my personal tutor for just about anything, regardless if the gang needs her to meddle in some mystery.
3: Yeah, all right. can,
1: can, I mean, that's not bad. Can you think of any character's abilities you would use for personal gain? Thanks. All of them?
0: Yeah, I, you stole my line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, first of all. I, I told I know me. If I have powers, I'm definitely using them for personal yeah. gain. Yes, I I also feel just inherently a greater responsibility to help people, so I would totally help people. But I'm doing both, like, and also if I it may depend on my mood. Like if I'm having a bad day, I I might do some stuff I regret. I don't
0: know. Like as a kid, I used to think because I wasn't that fast, right? You know, running. So I was like, Yo, if I had to flash, it'd be over. You know, right away. I'm I'm ruling either track and field or, oh, or see, the ain't
1: that no, or, see, the
0: gotta, or the NBA no look I'm just running cheating, I'm just, like, but see the thing is I'm not I'm just I'm not gonna like okay if I was in the NBA I'm not gonna like use the flash you know to be where you would even know I'll just be Jordan suddenly you know like when you know all like, like you, all you from, use
1: a percentage of your power yeah just
0: enough you know just enough <laughs> Just, enough, I'm just I'm just, dumb am nice. You know, it's like, it's like Teen Wolf. But like, my man did a Teen Wolf, right? He turns into a werewolf, and my man just started dunking on everyone. Yo, know, Teen Wolf is another one. You know Teen Wolf is a movie all about race. Really? Yeah, like, Michael J. You Fox. you just
1: blowing my mind. Like, uh, pimps named Falcon and, and all this other I stuff. Pimps named like, Falcon.
0: What? That's my new oh, arm. <laughs>
1: But listen, you know what you remind me of? You remind me of in the Incredibles, like the dad, all oh, the parents telling Dash, the son. You ever you remember that scene towards the end of the first movie where he's in the race and he's running, and he's running too fast using his powers. Yeah. They're like, yo, make it look closer. Do it closer. Yeah, that's so me. He, he arbitrarily slows down, but he still wins? Yeah. You going to be like that?
0: I'd, Not like, sure. win five championships. I wouldn't be better than Jordan out of respect. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yo, if you're gonna go Go all the way Like, come on, bro Nah If you wanna be better than Jordan Come on Yeah,
0: no, you're right Cause Jordan's an asshole So I'd be better than him And I wouldn't be an asshole I'd win seven, oh, man And I'd be like Black Lives Matter You know what <laughs> I won but, seven But, but,
1: but Not, y'all, really? Wow <laughs> That's Shakur I, I After, I, I, after I,
0: everyone I'd be like You know, Black Lives Matter When I dumped all people You know, cause they couldn't do nothing wow. To stop me Like
1: But Static Shakur Like they asked this question wanting some and I know you wanted some fun responses like specifics, right? So The
0: Flash, I just said it right there. <laughs> said the
1: Flash. Superman.
0: I, I'm oh my god. I'm, I'm yeah, man. Mike Tyson right away. I'm I'm going for Muhammad <laughs> Ali. You know, I'm just like I'm I'm just tapping fools out like da da, you know, or football like I'm, I'm I'm Barry Sanders immediately, you know. Just running I through I would
1: love zone. to have Sue Storm's powers, particularly when I'm walking around New York Oh because god. I'm a I'm a petite woman Mm -hmm. and sometimes people don't respect my space and like honestly to this day like literally today sometimes I'm like yo I wish I could just generate this invisible force field so that people not only not walk into me but if somebody really pisses me off I make them walk into shit. See
0: you think it's too small. (laughs) Susan Storm my three is wet you know like right away you have invisible force fields. Yo. It's like, like telekinesis. Like my 3 is wet. I'm I'm a billionaire. You know like my 3 is so wet. I'm right away, I'm running the league. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know? <laughs> I do I would absolutely use Imagine the screens
0: you could set with an invisible force field. <laughs>
1: Like what are you talking about? <laughs> about the championship. <laughs> I'm talking about my personal life. You are talking about trying to get you, gold medal, you gotta, which is fine. You gotta
0: think big, you know. I
1: am. Th- listen, I am thinking big. But he also said he was gonna use uh, Iceman to cool off his car. Like, come on. Yeah, well, I'm. I'm that, uh, letting Statica too. out
0: there. You got Iceman. How can you? How can I run it with Iceman?
1: All right. Well, I'm also getting a a telekinetic a telekinetic kinesis situation. So probably doing a um. I don't know. I, 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 either Gene Grade or some some Professor X shit. I got to use that shit. I'm using that shit to, to get a, above and ahead of everybody. I don't care what nobody... I mean,
0: you give me like... Professor Edge Powers and I become a problem. That's not even like you know. That's not even running we the know NBA. I'm you're just. I'm. 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 An arch I'm. Villain. Yeah, I'm highly problematic at that point.
3: <laughs> 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 it's, it's, dude,
1: all right. Moral all right I'm not even is, contemplate
0: that because it's yeah.
1: Moral stories. Don't give bad. I mean powers. No,
0: but no. Give me something like Flash, and then I'm just like I say. I'm. But the when,
1: Flash can go back in time and change timelines and stuff.
0: Oof. Right. You
1: problematic.
0: Quicksilver, Quicksilver speed. I just need Quicksilver speed, and I'm yamming. Can't go
1: back. Quicksilver huh? can. Nah, he can't. Nah, he
0: ain't that quick. Nah. Uh-uh. Yeah,
1: he's not speed for it's
0: Yeah. No, I just need enough so I can run the NBA for you know four, five years, nine years. You know, get my match contract or two, two hundred fifty million. You know, my shoe deal is insane because you know I'm winning ten championships while I'm there, and you know then I retire.
1: Oh my God! Uh, next question.
0: <laughs>
1: Thank you for that question, Sadikas. Invisible Storms question. Three is wet. <sighs> <laughs> wet. <laughs> next question. Next question comes from Booster Gold. They write, A.K.A. Uh, a- 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 at Rob J. They write, "What channel do you think have the best shows in the nineties two thousands? Cartoon Network, Disney Channel, or Nickelodeon?" Okay, first of all, mm. when I was ca- when I was coming up. I didn't have cable like that. me either. So, <laughs> so I can't say all Disney of
0: these channel. are like, whoa, what? I remember
1: getting Disney channel for a week because there was a yeah. situation happening. Yep. There was some, you know, you know, piggybacking off yeah. of the waves type situation happening. Yep. So that was amazing for that week, but I never really had it like mm-hmm. that. Nickelodeon's also a fuzzy, a fuzzy one, but yeah. I actually got to see more, more Nickelodeon, um, Nick kids or whatever the fuck it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, then I did Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, a lot of that Disney stuff ended up um, being syndicated on mm-hmm. other channels. Um, I got to say, for me, myself, personally, Cartoon Network, yeah. because Cartoon Network had Toonami and still has, but had it, it, yep. it came out with the Toonami yep. block. It had a dull swing, yep. has. like Cartoon Network partly raised me, so yep. I got to say Cartoon Network.
0: I mean, I, the way. I was like, you know, getting into, you know, school and everything a little older, but cartoon like for me, it was the same thing. I didn't have cable. So Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, what are those? I catch them every now and then, even before that, you know, nine, early nineties. And then into the two thousands, you're talking about like, I want to say Cartoon Network had like Young Justice. And before that, um, Justice they had and Justice yes, League, right? It. Justice yeah. League Unlimited.
1: And, yes, it's on cable, but, you know, by that time, like, what, it was early 2000s. It was, I would say, like, 98 on to the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like, I had access. Don't ask me how, but I did.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't ask me either. But, yeah, Justice League, it's <laughs> over. There's no question for me. There's no that shit, question. That shit
1: raised me for real, for real. Yeah. Um, Cartoon
0: Network. You should have said Fox, and then you have a battle. Ooh. Because just off of Batman and... um. X Men, you know you got.
1: But see, then see, you know what? If you're talking network TV, it's between Fox, uh WB Kids, because WB had for me anyway. Um, Batman Beyond and all that ooh, stuff, Darkwing, solid, Duck and all that solid, stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, solid yeah, that's stuff. right. You're
0: right. WB had Fox had X Men. WB had um Batman. So ooh. Yes. yeah, that's another battle.
1: Um, and then I'm thinking of the Disney Afternoon when I'm thinking of like Darkwing Duck and all that stuff. Yeah. Tailspin. All Tailspin. That stuff.
0: Spin oh. Before that, um, the original term before uh, DuckTales. Ooh, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cartoon Network wins. Um, yeah. The last question comes from Jewel Sheptana. They write or he writes, shout out H-U. What show, comic, or movie did you not get into as a youth that you wish you did?
0: Right away, um, Gargoyles.
1: Oh, then I mean. Gargoyles was the shit. Yeah, I know. Holy damn. Disney Afternoon, man.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It was, I, I think I was too hooked on Batman. I'm not sure what it was going on, but I just was not like... You know, I'm not sure where I was for those years, but yeah, um, I really missed that and I still need to get into it. But it's just one of those things that I really haven't and I understand how great it is. And I'm just like, I. Right, but, you know, there. And also because I'm still struggling to get into it now, even though I appreciate it, is uh, Cowboy Bebop. And also I'd really say Clone Wars because, yeah.
1: That's, you know, I'm going to add Clone Wars to my list. Yep. Um, I just wish I'd. Got into yeah, because like I've been trying
0: to watch Rebels, and I still haven't even got into that. And I like Rebels; I've watched like the first six or seven, but you know, mm. since then I haven't gone back to watch more. And it's just like, eh, yeah, euphoria's on, you know. <laughs>
1: <Euphoria's> <laughs> on. Um, another show is a cartoon. I wish I got into Invader Zim. My mm. brother was really into Invader Zim, and Invader Zim kind of became like a cult classic type thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I watched maybe half an episode, and I didn't really get all the way into it. But it's, but it's. it was really like the precursor to shows like Rick and Morty and all that Mm. stuff. So I wish I got into that.
0: Yeah. Um, I wanted to add, was I just thinking about, you said invaders, Zim, And Oh God, it was more recent. Oh, Steven universe. Which oh. I understand is like absolutely incredible, you know, one of the greatest but, things ever made. But that's
1: that's not, uh, unless you call in like five years ago your youth.
0: True indeed, that's facts. True. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. But, you know, I'm, I missed out on that bad boy. You know, every day is my youth, baby. I'm young eternally. Ooh, like you're
3: young at heart. You
0: know, all the time. Um, yeah, okay. From Else, from a kid, I think that's about it. Because I mean, that Gargoyle is always one, like when people are like, yeah, and I'm like, word?
1: Yo. It's, and it's not too late, Ben. I mean, yeah,
0: I know, but it's just one of those things. It's like, I'm still struggling to get through Cowboy Bebop. Like, people tell me it gets ill later, but I've watched, like, the first five episodes, and they're so goofy. Like, the animation is great. They're all like 30. that, though. But
1: even to the end, they're all like that. But like, I heard
0: like, it gets dark and super serious. A, and, it
1: does get dark and super serious. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's not... Here's the thing about Cowboy Bebop. It's it's not a thing where it's just going to be this... this come to Jesus moment where it's like, Oh, I get it. I'm into it. Mm -hmm. It's either you like it or you don't Mm. really it is. And it may take you some time. It's going to take you some time to understand whether you like it or you don't, or whether you really fucks with it or it's, you're just think it's okay. It's not going to change after you get through whatever, how many episodes it is. And I've seen it to the end and like I love it But again There's some times I'm sitting there like Yo this is a lot
0: <laughs> Yeah okay Alright well thanks so that, And not know. the
1: goofy part the, the dark part
0: Oh well see I'm waiting for the dark I'd rather that Cause the goofy part I'm like this is a lot of goofy For no reason I love
1: the goofy stuff The dark the dark part Oh so see that's interesting I was opposite of you
0: Yeah The uh-huh. goofy shit have been like Alright let's get to some real shit Cause it starts with this real shit Like the very first image Is Spike in a In the church shooting And then it seems like He gets shot and killed and shout out to like Mellow Marketer who has this whole theory about how Spike dies in every episode or something. And there's this... Mm. Yeah, and that he's dead from the beginning of it. I've heard that and like he just... I can see it. Yeah, and so I've heard all kind of different theories about it and I'm... You know, maybe I'm just not getting it, but that's one of them ones definitely. But I'm I'm going to finish that and I'm going to get back into Rebels because Star Wars got a next show that I want to get into, so yeah.
1: Well, Cowboy Bebop is definitely dark... In many places. Yeah. If you haven't seen it yet, your time is coming. I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) Your time is coming. Uh, That said, we are at the end of walk. If you have a question for us related to geek and pop culture, comics, TVs, movies, gaming, everything in between, even if it's just a personal life question, whether it's about your family or your cousin or your grandma and them, hit us up. Contact at ForAllNerds.com. If you want some privacy, hit us up in the email. Or you can hit us up on the interwebs on our socials at nerds. And finally, if you are a patron on a certain tier, you get a guaranteed guac question. In fact, I should have looked at y'all first, but you get a guaranteed guac question. Go to Patreon.com slash nerds and provide your question on the designated day.
0: Mm-hmm. Or, you know, at any time, fuck it. I'll read, okay. Anytime, you know?
1: I always forget that there's a forum that you literally can just <laughs> yep. post to at any time. Anytime. So. You can uh, do that.
0: Yeah, anytime you feel. And speaking of anytime we feel, it is now time for one of my favorite sections on this show. We're going to keep it pretty quick tonight Comic Psych Yep, yep comics i copped where we talk about all the different comics that we are copying each week in and out anything you're reading anything you're buying it doesn't matter just let us know use that hashtag comics i cop that's c-o-p-p-e-d and let us know what you're copying out there what you've been reading what you've been up to and like i said since we had kieran gillen on the show today you know clap it up clap it up again thank you very much his pretty much really the end of the story is out today in Wicked and Divine number 44 and like I said before I've already read it I loved it the next issue 45 is an epilogue but this is you know the end of it for the real like a lot of endings and like he said in the interview it is a bittersweet ending but I loved it it's I can't wait to finish it all in 45 but it is one of my favorite comics of all time it's one of those Momentous scenes for me because it's one of the few times when like I was reading a comic as it came out that I thought was one of the greatest things I've ever read. You know, like I read like I read um, Watchmen way after Watchmen was published, you know, like years after it was published. But Wicked and Divine, I was just reading as Every issue came out Mm -hmm. and it's just or like even one of my more recent series that I love, Planetary. I read at issue 19, I think, and there's only 23 issues. I started reading on 19. But, you know, Wicked and Divine, I was reading as it came out. Also, like Young Avengers, I was reading as it came out because I was that's when I first got hipped on them. But super dope. And um lately also the other thing I've been rereading is Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run. I was talking about how I read his Fantastic Four run a little while ago. Rereading his Avengers run, I wasn't as blown away as I was the first time, but I think it's still One of those books that filled with so many ill ideas and creates so many new concepts and just advances the Avengers and their mythos and all the characters around them so much that it's so dope for that. And he did the same thing with Fantastic Four and Hitman's about to take over um, X-Men. I want to say the next issue drops. I mean, the first issue drops next week because shout out to friend of the show, Joe Illich, and they did the big announcement at. Uh, new York Comic Con and revealed all the titles of what the X-Men will be for the next few years but Joe Illich has already read the first issue of House of X which is the first title from Jonathan Hitman coming in this new universe whatever you want to call it and I just want to say okay. I want to read his, t- his text to me <laughs> reading House of X number one holy fuck dude <laughs> Dude, so glad I'm not a superhero publisher right now because there's no competing with this. It's that forward thinking.
1: Wow. Joe Ellis is cool with you sharing this. I
0: mean, I think so. You know, I think that's pretty, (laughs) you know, that's not like anything where, you know, revealing anything, you know, know. or anything saying anything. I just want to, you know, give him a shout out because I'm sure if he could review it like that, he would. Holy fuck. You know, Right. it's yeah. So I'm super hyped now because, you know, I love his taste in comics. He's a vet, obviously. And, to say that forward thinking with the X-Men, I don't think has been done since Grant Morrison was on it. And that was the, Grant Morrison got me back in the comic books in general with his run on x You know, I stopped reading comics for like four or five years, pretty much. And then Grant Morrison came on x and people were like, yo, oh, you got to read this shit. And I read it and I was back to being a fiend, like, you know, and now For All Nerds is this. So, you know, I'm hyped for Jonathan Hitman stuff coming out. Very soon on X Men, and if you want to prepare for it, you can go back and read his runs on Fantastic Four and Avengers. They've all been collected into various collections, and they're pretty much all worth reading. I would say, you know, his Fantastic Four had a lot of dope ideas. X, I mean, Avengers had a lot of dope ideas, and you know, solid books throughout everything. Okay. And um, that's it for Comic Cop this week.
1: Well, look at that. Yep. Um, before we get out of here, I wanted to shout out longtime listener, Sarah, Sarah from up north. Um, you know what that means when I say up north, but Sarah hit us up a while ago. Um, we spoke briefly, um, about, uh, this particular item, um, concerning that game. Remember that Game of Thrones petition that came out? Um, she wanted to share that. One, it was, it was actually part of a joke that was connected somehow to a fan fundraiser that was really for Amelia Clark's charity, Same You. Mm. Um, they actually raised over 100K in over a week and they ended up raising, um, over, it's either over or a total of, oh, about 200K for uh, their charities combined. Nice. So, um, yeah, you know, I just wanted to make that point that I think that's incredible that there, you know, that you guys came together for a good cause. And then it wasn't just about she wanted to make the point that it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't people were misrepresenting that it was just a bunch of haters running around doing things. No, there were a lot of people who were part of it who were doing this um, charity work. So wanted to make that uh, note. And thank you again for continuing to support us. You mean a lot to us. Uh, she mentioned she was supporter since twenty seventeen. So mm. thank you mm. so so much.
0: No, and you know that's great because I heard. I remember when they were talking about rewriting it. We were doing Castle Black, and we were like, "Shut up, that's some dumb mess." But that's dope that they turn around and raise all that money. That's even like uh, the people who have the release the Snyder Cut petition going on, and they bombarded San Diego Comic Con with their stuff because they want. DC to release the Alleged might not exist In full form That Snyder cut of Justice League And I think that's another idea that's like Man, Probably not going to happen But at the same time they've raised $100,000 For suicide prevention right. Which is wild You know so I'm like Yo shout out to them And I think it's hilarious because they had all these, like, bus um, stops done up, you know, with their whole mission statement explaining why they wanted the Snyder Cut, all this different stuff. They flew a plane with the release of Snyder Cut DC (laughs) over San Diego Comic-Con, and they still raised all this money.
1: And you know what? I have no problem with that. And and, and what Sarah shared was the the part of all of this, even though it got spun out of control, it kind of spun out of control from the media and, and including, she said, including us. That's fine. Uh,
0: Sorry, Sarah. The, the, uh,
1: the reason why uh, they, they're just passionate. They want to show love to the cast and crew while supporting a very good cause and showing that the fandom isn't toxic, entitled, or any mm. other derogatory term. Uh, when it's when it's when an approach like that is coupled with, as as they did, as you said with 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 the Snyder item, as you, as she said with uh, this Game of Thrones item, when it's coupled with charitable works that actually go for a cause like that, then I have absolutely no problem with it not when when things happen where people say they're passionate but then they're going a little too far Then I then i'm gonna start calling it out but that being said sarah y'all did an amazing job thank you again for providing us some feedback thank you for again for for giving us the update on what everything really was about and like i said we wanted to share it with everyone else
0: yes thank you for that for real that's very dope and thank you for supporting us you know from 2017 and for setting us straight because we always you know We'll listen, and like I said, when somebody approached me about what I said about Black Man, I responded to him and let him know why I said that, and they, you know, were cool with it, or they liked the comment at the very least, and, you know, we keep them moving, and hopefully you understand more what I said earlier on this episode. Facts,
1: Facts, facts, facts. Facts, facts, facts. As usual, be sure that you are subscribed to us. I can't tell you guys this enough. This is why we don't do shit for clicks, because we do, we do the actual work. That means we ask you guys to please support us in many different ways, whether you can support us financially through patreon.com 4 for whether you can support us practically by following us on our socials, following us on places like SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play Music. Apple Podcasts and all that stuff by rating our podcast five stars, five stars, five stars, and leaving comments Mm -hmm. that matters. And when all this engagement all comes together and we put it in a big pot and mix it up, and we go, "Hey guys, look at what amazing stuff we have!" Mm -hmm. It actually makes a difference. And this, thank you.
0: Sorry to cut you off there, but this has been a super long episode, and. You know, I think one of our best as well at the same time. But if you're still listening to this point, like Tatiana said, make sure if you're on SoundCloud right now, go over to iTunes because it's really big to leave that comment and that five star rating. That means so much. And also, like I said, we're getting it popping over on Twitch right now. So we need you over there. Twitch dot tv slash for all nerds come over there subscribe if you don't know what twitch is it's where you can watch people do various things such as play video games dj have live shows all the things that we're going to be bringing you on there and we really need to get our engagement up so please go over there you know leave a comment Hit us for the rating over there, whatever the method is. I'm still figuring twitch out, so I don't even know exactly what it is. But you know, whatever <laughs> so it I'm just
1: is. Like, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, but
0: whatever <laughs> it is, just follow us, come through when you see us go live, watch us live, you know, come into the chat room, say what up, holler at us. If you want to rock with me on Xbox, you know, on PS4, whatever, come through and check it out and let me know your gamer tag. I'll add you and we'll get it on, you know. It's all good.